here we are returning once again to our Monster Mash series. It's been, I don't even know how long. What was the last one we did, Isaac? Was it before we would have gotten King Kong vs. Godzilla up here? Because I know they had it in the States at that point, but before it was going to come to the drive-thru. Yeah, drive-in, yeah. Yeah, so it's been quite a while. Drive, drive-in. Why did I say drive-thru? <laughs> yeah, but we're here today covering our next pick, which is Kong Skull Island. Uh, second pick of King Kong. That's a weird randomizer you got there, sir. Yeah, I'm very curious what it's going to give us today. But yeah, but if everyone has your copies up to timestamp zero, we'll jump right into this. I got mine on timestamp zero one for. Oh, there we go. Now it's fixed. How about you guys ready to go? Ready. I'm ready. Okay, we'll hit play in three, two, one, play. We have the. Warner Brothers logo there, looking more ship-like than usual, but... More steel-looking, I guess? Steel-punk-looking? I guess diesel-punk. Well, I thought it was kind of trying to emulate a ship there, but but for you, Eric, did you see this movie in the theater? No, no, I did not. But it's actually one of the first movies I watched in 4K at home, like on, on UHD disc. It's It's one of the very first I ever watched. Yeah, it's just because you bought your TV around that time, right? Yes, I had just bought my TV, and I had, um, this is probably the second, like, I think I got Star Trek 2009 or or Star Trek Beyond, and then I got this, uh, or I rented this or something, uh, like Redbox or something like that. Nice. I'll go to Redbox. And Isaac, I, I can't remember, did we see this in the theater together, or were we separate? Uh, it was either you and I saw it or me and you all saw it. I don't remember. Yeah. Might have. Mm, it's been a while. Both, I don't remember now. But yes, I saw this in theaters back in 2017. Mm. I think and... I had this conversation. Sorry, uh, Caleb. I think I had this conversation with you before about me and Batman Begins and how I didn't want to see the movies because I thought it was going to be cheesy to have another Batman movie and I avoided it. That, remember all that? Yeah, yep. Same thing I had with this movie um, when I first heard about it and I heard and I saw a trailer. Um, I had no idea it was going to have any connection to any MonsterVerse or Godzilla or anything. I had already seen Godzilla 2014 or whatever it was. Uh, and so I heard about this movie and I had that whole Batman Begins relationship. So I wasn't planning to see it. I wasn't anything. Uh, it wasn't until later. Like I said, I had my new TV. And then I saw a trailer or something uh, in 4K. I don't know, something. I was like, oh, that looks good. And so I just rented it based on the appearance, but I had previously avoided it because the trailer looked to me like a movie I do not want to watch. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, the trailers weren't great for this. Oh, but the director was saying this scene was very much a anime-inspired kind of sequence, which I wouldn't have thought of. But Oh, did you listen to his commentary? I listened to like maybe half an hour of it, but didn't get all the way through. Oh my gosh. He had so many inspirations throughout the whole movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a huge nerd. I didn't know. Which I appreciate. He sounded like someone that I get along with, but. I I did not know until today when I was looking into this movie. Yeah. And he said that this was actually his favorite sequence in the movie. He just loved kind of the absurdity of this fight scene being interrupted by Kong. I fail to see how this is Japanese animated inspired. So I think it was the dueling in, in some of the way they're coming at each other and the way it was cut. Yeah. It was, it was the framing. Yeah. 
way it was cut and the way some of the shots were. I love that too, just the kind of the look of that logo there. What's the uh what's that what's that camera zoom in called when you look into the eye? Is it like a is that a certain technique called or no? Uh I'm not sure actually. Hmm. I don't know, but it was very Lord of the Rings esque. <laughs> Interesting how they said Japan surrenders but not the Nazis. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, and I feel like all these kind of MonsterVerse uh, little title sequence here are, are kind of the yes. same, but... Same, but different, because obviously it's a little closer to refer to the, the movie we're about to watch. Did you all happen to see... Um, you don't want to see... Uh, was it called Black Widow yet? Uh, yeah, I saw it yesterday. So this is how it starts off, a little bit like this, and that's where I caught that midsummer-looking uh, scene uh, from the movie. Yeah, yeah, that was an unusual actually for the MCU title sequence. I thought, mm-hmm. but maybe it kind of set it up to be a much more dark film than it turned out to be. But right, I guess these kinds of things, these kind of montage openings, have like a um, what do you call it? Like, like a Cold War feel to them, even though that's not necessarily what it's all about. But just whenever you go through this type of archival footage, American stuff. It always has, like this 20th century stuff always has a Cold War type feel if it's post-World War II. Oh, that's fair. Same thing in Black Widow, even though that's not necessarily about the Cold War, but it kind of is, kind of isn't. Was that thunder I heard a little while ago? A moment ago? Uh, Not on my end. I don't know about you, Isaac. Not on my end. I need to check my radar because I just remember there was supposed to be a megastorm and that could get interesting. Uh, well, at least you have rain. Yeah, we could use some rain. Damn. Oh my gosh, it is a mega storm. So we'll see what happens with our connection and everything, because my internet connection Uh-oh. relies a bit on the clear skies. So yeah, I know that's sure. fair. Speaking of like MCU people, I know this like half the movie is filled with like MCU guys and gals, but. Oh yeah, Man, I forgot Henry. I forgot Henry Drackman was a part of this. I completely forgot about that. And I think his, I think his score was fine. Yeah, it, it wasn't super standout, but I think it was, I think it was serviceable. Oh, I, I didn't, I forgot he did the score. I love his uh, X Men First Class score. Mm, yeah, that's a great one. Oh, he did X Men First Class. I, I think so. I'm going off memory, but I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was him. I guess I can quickly look, but yeah, I think that might be even my favorite X Men score first class ones one of the best I'd, I'd have to go back and think about it because i used to like the john ottman stuff in the early uh in the like the early early x-men movies yeah me too but that first class one just yeah some stunning work and it was henry jackman yep okay it's funny because when you said henry jackman just now i, was, I thought you i was gonna i was gonna correct you and say no it's john hiddleston but I didn't realize you were talking about oh, Tom. the score because <laughs> yeah. I just mentioned MCU. Not yet. Because I had forgotten that John Hiddleston was in this movie until I was prepping. That's fair. What? Also, it looks like a nine. Is that... Okay, Jordan, is that a reference to um, either Section 9 or Individual 11? I, I don't know. Yeah, and here's this guy. He's only in this for a couple... I can't remember this actor's name, but... He's great in uh, Shape of Water. The one they're speaking to? Yes, that's right. This guy. And tons of other stuff, but 
Yeah, the one they're speaking oh, to. Man, he's in tons of stuff. Oh my gosh, it's gonna kill me. Yeah, fuck tons. He's in Step Brothers. I should know his name. <laughs> I guess I'll quickly look it up. He's in but... Step Brothers, and so is John C. Riley. Oh golly, I forgot about that. Never seen Step Brothers, famously. Yeah, me neither. Boy, oh boy. Wasn't lot in the shit oh. that he was on. Yeah, that's probably it. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to pick on John Goodman here because I really like him, but I don't know what happened to his eyes. But he's got like wrinkles upon wrinkles upon wrinkles on those eyes. It's very unusual. It always distracts me. Age. I don't know. You mean like on the on the above his eyes or the bags under his eyes? Or are you talking about both? Bags under. <laughs> oh. Yeah, as he's gotten older, they just keep piling up. But I was happy to see him in this. I I hadn't seen him in a while because I didn't watch that Cloverfield. I mean, yeah, the first time I watched this, I didn't know who was going to be in the movie, and every time I saw a familiar face, I was happy about it. I, I guess it goes off to a good start. Richard Jenkins is his name. That's who it is. Thank you. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and some of these people I didn't know who they were at the time, but I've definitely seen them in a lot more at this point. I will say this: I like the fact that the movie starts off without uh, without any MCU actors. So th- these three here are not MCU actors, especially yeah. you, Doctor Dre. But Doctor Dre, before he was in Straight Outta Compton, um, he was he was a, a se- semi significant from the Walking Dead comic, and then he was playing that character in the in the show. But then, as, but then oh. as soon as he started getting into movies, they sort of just they kind of wrote him out. They didn't kill him. He just kind of disappeared, and it's a surprise for that show. I think he was just he just left up in the air because uh, then he just started making movies and never came back. Yeah, and I just recently saw him in um, in the Heights, that musical by uh, Absolutely. Oh, he's in that. Okay, can't remember that guy's name. Cool, Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh yeah, there you go. Big fan. Yeah, you like that movie? Uh, I like the movie. I'm more Lin Manuel fan, but definitely like the movie. I like musicals in general. Uh, it's not my all-time favorite, but I definitely enjoyed watching that. I saw it on HBO Max. I wish I had seen it. It was actually at IMAX when it first oh, came peanuts. out. I did not notice that. Oh, what were you saying, Isaac? I said there was a penis. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a penis strip right there. I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he tucks so many little references in here. Wait, a what ship? A uh, peanuts uh, strip. Oh, I thought it, I heard him say there was a penis ship. There's a penis ship in this. <laughs> yeah, I know my. Yeah, I'm slurring my my lines. That's okay. A peanuts strip. Excuse me. I didn't see what uh, that actor. Oh man, I forget his name too. Uh, but I have long associated him with looking like Gary Sinise, like the other Gary Sinise. Oh yeah, so yeah. I've always thought of him as the other Lieutenant Dan in my brain. Yeah, Shea Wingham. Hello, Doctor Doom, and Nick Fury. The closest we'll yep. ever get to a, uh, what's that thing called? Secret Invasion. No, sorry, Secret Wars. That's what it is. Secret Wars. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Um, before, yeah, uh, knockoff Gary Sinise there was in Agent Carter. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Agent Carter. There you go. That's right. The first attempt at Marvel trying to do a, a non Netflix show, which I'm surprised they haven't revived that. That wasn't the first. Uh... It was on ABC. Yeah, it was definitely ABC. I mean, but they did Marvel Agents of Shield was like the first first. That wasn't connected. They they didn't connect to that. That doesn't count. What? Agents of Shield? They don't count it. Yeah, it doesn't count. Well, it counted when it first came out. I mean, Nick Fury even showed up in it. Or... Season one. That's and after that. That's yeah. It. 
Especially when they were trying to get all the inhuman stuff. But even Winter Soldier built up to it. Yeah, I was going to say, they would have little references like, yeah, uh, Winter Soldier, definitely. We're watching Colin Skull Island, by the way, everybody. And, uh, <laughs> well, and, and Skiff or Kiff or whatever her name was. I have no idea. No, but I was going to say Toby uh, Kibble or Kebble. Dr. Doom. It's kind of interesting that he's, he's taking over the Andy Circus role in this one of doing like the mocap for, for Kong. But also like with the, yeah, who's that actor by the way? What's his name again? Uh, Toby Kebble, I think it is. Yeah, he does a lot of mocap for um, uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, the recent ones. So, yeah, he was that antagonist in War or either War No uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Excuse me, Dawn. Of the oh, Apes. he was the actor who we saw just talking to Sam L. Jackson a little while ago. Yep. Yeah. Oh, because that okay. I, I couldn't. Is that Doctor Doom from like the that's, most recent? That's Doctor Doom. Yes, that's Fan Sick Doctor Doom. Okay, I saw that. I saw that movie. I have like almost no memories of it. Um, yeah, and I'll always think of that actor from uh, a little. I, I think one of the lesser known Guy Ritchie films, Rock and Rolla. Oh, he plays a really memorable character in that. Don't think I saw it. What nationality is he? What nationality? Yeah. What nationality is he? I'm pretty sure he's a Brit, but... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Yorkshire even. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. From York. What does that mean? I mean, Yorkshire. <laughs> uh, just a particular type of accent. I guess he covers oh. that up and everything. Yorkshire. But... Yeah, with a thick Southern American accent. All right, first um, first <laughs> problem here I have. Um, Tom Hiddleston should have been played by a person of South Asian descent or South Asian native descent. How come? It makes no sense why he should have been uh, why he should have been a British man. Because if they're looking for a tracker that knows the South Asian region around uh, well enough, it should have been like an actual native of, of that. I country. think. I mean, it could have been a native, like you say, but for some reason, I think of him as for some reason, like I'm, I'm picturing like a turn of the century, uh, turn of the what century? Is yeah, that? the nineteenth century, like British safari, like gentleman safari. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, type person. I don't know why, because I don't know. Was that a thing in the nineteen seventies? I have no idea. But oh yeah, big time. That's what I'm thinking of. And I guess that's probably because the director talks about how he has these oblique references to the original King Kong, where it's like a reference or it's an homage. It's an homage. So maybe it's an homage to those um, safari guys in the original thirties. Yep, exactly. I mean, you could still have that, but just have it be not a white guy. I, just, I don't get why he should have been a white guy. Yeah, or it could have been French. Maybe you could have put on like an accent for. There's a there's a right Apocalypse Now reference. But again, I think it's it's a reference to those those adventure seekers in the original who were Caucasian who were going out to the islands. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, Mr. Conrad. Hmm, wonder what that means. One of the early ideas for this was going to be was uh, going to be set in World War One, and he was going to be like going to the Skull Island to find his brother who was there, like searching for like a, a cure to all illnesses that Titans would produce or something. So, by the way, I don't know if either of you has had a chance to watch this with HDR and all that business. This movie is super gorgeous. It is yep. really, really gorgeous. It's Agreed. amazing looking. Agreed. And all the time they put into like the different type of lighting and everything for mul- many, many multiple scenes. It's amazing. Yeah. All like the l- different c- colors on their faces in that bar scene was just great. It's making me think of Suspiria a little bit. Hmm. 
And uh, I can't wait for this guy to come out with a new movie. But the two things he has on deck are video game related movies, movies, but video game or <laughs> actually one's video game, the other one's anime. Um, he has a supposed Gundam movie coming out, and uh, what was the other one? Metal Gear Solid. Yep, we know about both. Yeah, we spent. Oh, I hope they're live action. I don't know if they are, but I hope they are. Yeah, both live action. Was the original boat, by the way, called Athena, or was it something else? It's something else. It's something else because there's actually a reference to the boat that you're talking about way later in the we'll, movie. We'll get to that. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. We'll we'll talk about that later when it comes up. I got to quickly mention this. We're gonna walk past. I think the name to the boat, and he said that the font of it is like the font of Alien. And he what was like, I don't think anyone's going to notice this, but this is my homage to Alien. And I was like, that's, that, what? Oh my gosh. That's not a homage. <laughs> I know, it's not even a, it's like a barely a callback. Well, that oh. is like an homage, but um, <laughs> there's hundreds of those types of things. And and, and many, and he, like some of them are, like some of them were, he was saying there was some stuff etched on that samurai sword at the beginning that you, you don't even see in the movie. But he like put references into all that stuff, even if it's not even on screen. Yeah, and again, I didn't finish the commentary, but it sounded like he was saying that the studio kept telling him to pull back from all the references. So he was packing so many, and they're like, "No one's gonna get this stuff, man. Stop focusing on." Well, that. they probably didn't even. Yeah, they probably didn't even realize the thousands of things that he dropped in this movie. Yep, Caleb, did you see the? Um... See one of the recent uh, episodes of Red Letter Media talking about Godzilla versus King Kong. I think I saw it. I saw when it came out, but it's been a while. I don't really remember what they said. I just love the bit where Mike's talking about how Greg Clark, Agent Coulson, is in this movie, but he's clearly not. And he was referring to the guy that Brie Larson was talking with at first. And he's right there. Oh, that guy right there? there. Yeah, that guy right there. I just just love the bit where, I don't know why, Just he he made a mistake. Mike made a mistake, whatever. That's funny. Hey, Eric, do you see Isaac's name on the uh, the three names there? Because I only see the two of us. I only see the two okay, of us. I'm still uh, lost connection, attempting to reconnect. Oh, crap. Oh, no, you might not be getting picked up here. Oh, crap. I mean, you can still hear me, right? Yep. Yeah, but that's not that. I guess the concern is having the. I mean, mine's still going. It's It's still recording, it says. Oh, this is recording progress. Oh, so he may be able to download it on his end if it fails on your end. Yeah. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Yeah, here's the, the classic scene. They use this right in the 76 Kong. Where's uh, Jeff Bridges to come interrupt? Oh, you know, I should have watched some of that. I, I got that new one, that new issue, reissue, and I have not yeah, even me too. popped <laughs> it in yet. Yeah, they cleaned it up pretty good, but it's still, you know... Still not can ever really be cleaned up great, but I mean this reminds me of you know the initial trench run from Star Wars of the the planning sequence. I mean, I don't know why. Well, I, well, yeah, those things. It kind of just... looks like it, but not really. Where's someone with like a giant beard, a giant white beard? Well, there's John Goodman, I guess the closest thing. <laughs> I guess. Oh, I guess he's R two D two, Mister Ortiz. <laughs> Um, what did you guys think of the costume and, the, and, and set design for this? Like, does it feel 70s enough or is it not 70s enough? Because I still think uh, Days of Future Past is really 70s looking. Oh, yeah. It's 70s, but it's like movie 70s. Kind of like um, those. Well, y'all saw Endgame? Uh, just me. 
uh, well, when they go to that time period, uh, it has that look, but then it also looks like a movie movie-fied version of that look at the same time. Yeah. Kind of similar to Captain Marvel in the 90s. Yeah, I was going to say Captain Marvel had that too. By the way, for you, Isaac, this was yep. the scene where he said that he was doing a big um, Metal Gear Solid uh, reference piece. And the studio like pulled him back. Oh. They're like, you're spending way too much time on this. No one's going to get the reference. So Was there going to be... Was somebody going to hide in the box? Because, I, I mean, <laughs> sure, but what point would that have? Yeah, I don't even remember what he said even about what the details of it were going to be. Do you remember, Eric? No, I didn't. I don't. I didn't. This particular part, no. Mm. I think it was right around here too, where he started to be like, "I don't even know what to say for this commentary anymore. I'm kind of done with it." <sighs> Which I thought was funny. Groovy, rock music playing. Oh, okay. What is this a reference of? Uh, like every Vietnam movie that ever was. Okay, fair point. You got me there. <laughs> yeah, it really is. There's always scenes like that in every single one. It really makes me think of Platoon for some reason, but... That, but um, there's some little bits in Full Metal Jacket, Forrest Gump, a lot of things. Yeah, and I'll just mention this Dear Billy thing is one of my least favorite aspects of the movie. Oh. I don't even know why it irritates me. It just, it keeps coming back and it just never does anything for me. Wow, okay, that's that's odd. Like, why are we spending so much time on this? (laughs) It's always bugged me, but... But the director was saying that he really loved shooting this montage stuff, that it was some of his favorite stuff to film, because it just yes. felt like making an indie indie flick. Oh, okay. Reminded him of his time not working in the studio system. Now, Br- uh, Brie Larson, uh, never, uh, generally not a big fan uh, in whatever she shows up in, but I do like her in this. I do like her in this. I do not really care for her in the MCU, but uh, no. I do like her in this movie. Did you see Room? No, I have not. Mm. There's another... Yeah, definitely Room, because I was not a fan of her either, but that movie turned me around on her. No, there's this small independent movie I saw her in. It's called like Short Term 12 or something like that. Very small indie movie. I actually like her in that, but almost nobody's seen that movie. Yeah, these maybe these studio projects are just not casting her in the right roles or something. Because I think she's fine in this, but she doesn't stand out to me very much. But the character is kind of flat, so most of the time she's just smiling, <laughs> taking pictures. No, that's true, but I just don't object to her in this movie, where for some, she bothers me in other movies. Sure. So, Isaac, you're showing up on your end, right? Oh, you're back. Oh, yeah, he's back. Haha, I was here the whole time. <laughs> there we go. But with no speech line. Very unusual no going yeah. on. Sorry, I was looking up I was literally looking up the room to see if my theories were right. And I was right. It was it was something to do with Canada. I was like for some strange reason I think I saw it like under C B C Gem and I was like, Oh, this is a Canadian film? Oh, okay. And it's confirmed it is Canada related anyway, whatever. That has nothing to do what with is, it. What is what film? The room. Or room, excuse me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I keep wanting to say the room, but I can't because No, that's a completely different flick. <laughs> um so this is the scene that Park Chang Wook was talking to Jordan about and how like important it was or how like I guess the realism was supposed to be. Yeah, he really Fair liked enough. the guy. Yeah, do, guys doing the little red uh directional lines. Yeah, using the fl- red flashlights. It's like how to get him to be so uh realistic. <laughs> Very random. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned in the show, but he apparently made the cast like watch the host 
before this. And what were the other ones you mentioned, Isaac? The other ones were, sorry, hang on. I still have the page up. I just got to go back to it. I passed it. Oh, yeah, I guess I should open my notes too, damn. Oh, there's the hold on to your butts reference. Do you guys like that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they didn't strike me as super realistic. In fact, I thought they were a little panto, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, so the host, the good, the bad, the weird, and the heart of darkness, or hearts of darkness, excuse me, a filmmaker's apocalypse. Right. What What was panto? Oh, yeah. Uh, the director of Old Boy apparently watched this with uh, the, the. Oh, there's a great Old Boy reference later in the movie. Yeah, he pointed out those guys who were doing the the like the directions for the helicopters to take off. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, how'd you get them to be so realistic? Like, this is great." But I was like, "Ah, they they seemed a little over. I don't know. They, they didn't really impress me at all." But oh yeah, there's another Metal Gear Solid reference later on. I forgot about that. We'll get to that. <laughs> So here's the apocalypse now. You, what, I thought Fury Road. For some strange reason, I all of a sudden... Well, like, the was storm, I guess. Fury Road when I saw this. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was I can see about. the comparison. Oh, here comes the Deer Billy again. Yeah, this shot pulling back here kind of reminds me of Fury Road. Absolutely. The type of jacket Dr. Dre is wearing, I don't know what that's called. It's got to be a term for it. But um, I don't know why. That style vest? last... What's that? Sweater vest? Well, not that it's a vest. It could be sleeves or vest, but that style, it lasted for quite a long time. All the way into my childhood, it was still a thing. Oh my, interesting. Was that technically what Marty McFly was wearing, or am I thinking something else? <laughs> He's not wearing that style. He's just wearing, because his is just plain. It's something about the pattern of it. It is, okay. makes it whatever I'm talking about. You know something? I think I know exactly what you mean because in Alien Isolation, the video game, uh, there's a similar, like, I, I feel like there's some characters that are wearing something similar to that. Um, so I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm just going to say, uh, what's with the life preserver? But I was trying to get that in there, but Isaac, you, you Right, me. right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so Marty's would have been if it would have had that kind of style, but it, it was his was all single, single color. So it doesn't really count. And in some parts of the U.S., they call that just a bubble jacket. The, the thing that Marty was wearing. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Caleb and or Eric, what do you think of his uh, little speech right here of almost a Willy Wonka tunnel scene? Oh, that's a funny comparison. Of just yeah. like talking about Icarus going to the sky. I think it's oh. awesome. And he just reminded me I need to turn the captions on because I completely missed it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fine. It, it just felt like uh, Samuel Jackson switching into a mode that he's always been good at. Delivering those kind of speeches makes me flash back to uh, Deep Blue Sea again with his uh, famous speech. <laughs> if you remember that, Isaac. I've completely like forgotten most of that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, man. Oh, and those those two, uh, that mountain that was like split at the top. Yep. Kind of felt like a reference to the 76 King Kong. Because I don't know if you guys remember What's the... funny is that I've only seen like when they, when I only seen the, that movie since when, um, what's his name? Jeff Bridges shows up. That's it. Well, and then like from there on. Yeah, that's that part's referenced throughout the movie. It's you know how at the end he goes like to the two towers. Yep. Yeah, there's a whole bit that's uh so that's what I was thinking that he was calling back to that, but it's probably just a natural part of the these beautiful mountains here. 
which again, this is the photography, just some great stuff here. Really, really gets the location very well. I wish we had got a little bit more of this look in uh, when we saw Skull Island briefly in um, uh, Kong versus Godzilla, because you just don't see much of it at all, and, and then it just looks CGI. And the same thing when we go to the, I don't know what it's called, a Hollow Earth, is that what they called it? Like, it looked cool, yep. but it didn't look cool like this looks cool, because um, yeah, no. it looks CGI. Yeah, exactly. You just can't recapture the real environment like that. But I wanted to point out that dragonfly scene. Do you remember that in the commentary, Eric? <laughs> no. We said it took hours and cost them like millions of dollars, just that one shot of the dragonfly. And the studio was like, please, God, cut this. Like, you're wasting all this time and money. But he was obsessed. This is what happens when you try it, when you give an indie director a million dollars. I don't know why those loose rounds just rolling around. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't you wouldn't see that. Uh, well, it's the end of the war, you know. These guys are a bunch of amateurs. Who calls them? Bombs away, boys! Bombs away. Yeah, and some of the CGI for these these animals doesn't. Uh, it looks a little better in the the 4K version, but just in regular HD, they look a little bit off. I think. Yes, I can confirm that. Yes, HDR does help smooth over CGI at times to make it look more realistic. That's definitely a thing. Those yeah. graphics, though. Oh, I completely forgot about the spot point. A good music choice here. Oh, with the seismic charges. Yeah, no, I don't just that. I completely forgot about this. Like when I watched um, King Kong versus Godzilla, I forgot that they brought up the Hollow Earth theory, mm. which is like, oh, right, okay. Like they, they did mention that though. I think briefly in 2014. Oh, I love that shot with the sunglasses. By the way, that was a really cool shot. This whole sequence right here. Oh, did you Especially see that? This. When the, the guy yells incoming. I think uh, the director was saying that was like a direct anime. Like just the way that the lines are like blurred all around him. Yeah, I, I sort of saw that, but I... <laughs> Jordan, if you want like direct, I guess, I don't know, references to animation, like do direct references because I'm not really getting much anime from this. Now I forget... In the in the movie, up to this point, did, were they expecting to find massive beasts or not? Because I can't remember. Yeah, only Goodman and the Monarch crew. The rest of these people just thought they were doing like a, a study of the island. Yeah, so. before the, the before those Russians got a hold of them. Man, this would have been so much fun to see at the theater. It was okay. <laughs> Was it Carl who was talking about this when we did our Godzilla vs. Kong episode? We said there was like some reference to the, the old King Kong ride. Oh. I can't remember if it was for this movie or Godzilla vs. Kong. I I don't recall which, but yeah, I forget, but he definitely brought that up. Apocalypse now. I get it. Yeah. Again, Jordan was saying this was the first image that popped into his head once he was thinking about the idea of kind of Apocalypse Now meets King Kong. Just him standing against the sun like this. Seriously, is that guy from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Looks like him. Probably isn't, but looks like him. It blows me away that scale-wise... Yeah, it's a great shot. Kong was even bigger in uh, Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong, because I already thought, my god, he's already so big in this movie. Oh yeah, huge. Especially compared to his prior iterations. Is that a mo- no, that's an ape, you fool. Get it right, Doom. 
Yeah, I guess he's even bigger than the Peter Jackson one. Yeah. I th- oh, way bigger. The Peter Jackson one looks like he's barely, barely four four stories <laughs> tall, maybe five at the most. Remember when he was in the original in 33? I don't remember how big, but definitely pretty small. Uh, he was smaller, smaller, yeah. Yeah, the 33 and the Jackson one are pretty small. Jeez, I don't even know which which one did we say, Caleb, we're going to do for uh, Peter uh, Peter Jackson because there's the five-hour cut and then there's the theatrical cut. No, you, you always you always mistake that. There's no five-hour. That's like an exaggeration that people always say. But... I was going to say, there's no five-hour. Okay, sorry. No, there's only it's only three and a half hours. There's only like an extra 25 minutes that he added. Speaking of which, apparently this movie was supposed to be three hours long. <laughs> well, the studio would have never, I don't think, would have allowed that for this. Yeah, but... they, yeah. They, would, they would have never... He he hints at who knows that one day he may get to have like a, a longer cut release, but I mean he's not really being serious. Well, he's half serious, half not serious yeah. when he mentions it multiple times during the commentary. But there was definitely stuff that was cut for time. Yeah, I like how brutal this Kong is. He just does not give a fuck. Just destruction everywhere. Stepping on him, eating him. I understood in the beginning that they didn't expect him because they make the fatal mistake that they always make in every Kong movie and many Godzilla movies, which is they fly too low. But now that they know, they should not be yeah. coming at him at this altitude in any way. They're so close to the ground, the, the helicopters that are still in the air. Yeah, that is pretty pretty silly. But he can throw stuff, so even if they did go up high. True, but it's... He's got opposable thumbs for pit sakes. Totally. Well, I like how the blood splatter was probably hidden by like a, le- a red lens flare. That's uh, the sun's flare, excuse me. So, like that works. Yeah, we do get some some blood splatter later on. So, and there are lens flares in here, but they're not as bad as Abrams lens flares. They they seem more natural, which is fine. So, yeah, I didn't see any that looked really like they were added in post in the same way that. Star Trek no, 2009 no. had. Well, I don't know. A lot of those weren't added in post, by the way. Like in Star Trek. Abrams Star Trek and stuff. Oh, lovely. Even oh. better. No, well, I have to say, many of them weren't added in post, but they were done intentionally, practically. Like, they literally had people on set with flashlights, like, um, like pointing the flashlights towards the camera in certain scenes, like in Abrams Star Trek. Yeah, yeah and obnoxious lights just everywhere in the... Oh, man. I'm okay with it. Uh, but at one point he did talk about how he had special lenses for lens flares, like in this movie. Oh, really? Interesting. Yes. Eh, well, not as obnoxious, I guess. Yeah, I love this orange kind of like, uh, whoa, makes it seem like it's been going on for longer as the sun's getting just a little lower. decimated. It's just a beautiful look, I think. That guy was on fire. This kind of reminds me of some of the Vietnam scenes in Watchmen, if anybody remembers those. Yeah, those that's just some great scenes. Those there. have to be that that has to be a reference oh, as well. This eye moment, yeah, that's one of my favorites in the movie. It's visually great. Yeah, this is just a super fun movie. Yeah, and when the flames come here too, and some more just yeah, just amazing uh choices. Slow motion, slow motion. Does that slow motion work? I don't know. I guess because well, it's... it's just revealing those huge eyes like that. He just looks I think like it does. evil as fuck. <laughs> There's the devil himself. Yeah, this, this stuff is a lot, a lot like watching either like a really epic music video or 
really over the top cutscenes mm. from like a video game. So a lot of these images remind me. Oh of yeah, he he said that whole sequence, like when we kind of circle around Kong and we see all the helicopters coming. He was like, I hope people kind of view this like a cinematic in a video game right before the, the action starts. Oh, I definitely, I definitely do. And I was like, uh. no, Jordan, no. That's well, that's what I got. That's what I got. Well, that, I was not even prompted for yeah, that. I got it too. Sorry, but I'm still like convinced that that uh, Uncharted fan film was the closest thing to a video game we'll ever get. Well, I think this is more closer, honestly. No, fair enough. I mean, just look at Tom Hiddleston. Like, his costume looks like a video game. And the hair looks like he should be in a video game. He, lo- he looks like Nathan Drake. He looks like Nathan Drake. Yeah, yeah. You would not have... Why is he... He doesn't look 70s enough. I'm sorry. That is not a 70s-looking shirt. Maybe it is, <laughs> but I don't know. Where's his sideburns? Give me some sideburns, for pit's sakes. Give me some, like, disgusting... Give me a f- disgusting caterpillar mustache, please. <laughs> Well, that's fair. Yeah, none of these none of these actors really feel like they would be from the seventies. Just their performances, the style. Yeah, I, I could see that. But uh, some of the some of the troopers seem like they would be from the seventies and are straight out of Vietnam. Even Doctor Doom here kind of looks like that a bit. Well, I don't know about Samuel Jackson either. I love his hat. I I really love his hat. He is he has a nice hat. <laughs> I want that hat. And whatever kind of scarf he's got on there as well. That's a pretty sick scarf. Yeah, the scarf's nice. Looks cozy. Uh, let's see here. Just talking about plot, talking about... What if that actor... What if that one soldier's Maori? Kind of, he looks very much so... He also... That guy. What, this guy right here? Yeah, that guy. I swear, that guy looks like uh, I think one of the main characters from my uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. I could be wrong. It might, might be him. May not. Be I don't him. know anything of that. I don't know what Crazy Ex Girlfriend is. Yeah. Okay, it's a CW show. But that guy, by the way, was in, in Loki. He had a brief little role in Loki. Which one? Um, you're just talking about. Oh, that guy. Okay. The guy you're seeing was look looks kind of Maori. Oh, he was in Loki. Yeah, he played just. Uh, I can't even remember. I think he was the one who was. You know, when they talk about the Infinity Stones, I'm going to try not to spoil it too much for you, Isaac. But Thank you. Oh, I didn't realize that was the same guy. I'm pretty sure that was that guy. Oh, maybe, yeah. That guy looks a lot nerdier and not so athletic. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I'm looking up his uh, IMDb right now. Sure. Mm -hmm. There's a voice in Lower Decks, the Star Trek thing. He is in Loki. You're right about that. Yeah, those are some nice landscapes. Yeah, some really great landscape stuff in this. Just what a beautiful location. That's the thing that he talks many, many, many times how, you know, this is mostly shot in Vietnam, the island stuff, island exterior stuff. And he talks about how a lot of these locations, cameras had never been before, blah, blah, blah. That being said, some of them look so amazing. I can't tell. There's a lot of times when they show wide shots of the of the landscape where it seems to me like it's probably real, but then they use CG to extend it or magnify it. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like this. I think there, I think there's CG hills back there. I don't know for sure though. Um, I wish I could see footage taken, you know, like documentary type footage, like on scene. I just, I can't imagine that all these cliffs and things are, were really that, I, I don't know, or maybe they are, but they seem exaggerated. Yeah, I, I tend to think they are, but 
Because when they were flying over top of them and just seeing the, the like the extending mountains, it just looked like it'd be a. It looks like it's the same location, I think. But yeah, it could be CGI just filling that stuff in. But I, I don't know. It's hard to tell what the type of cameras they use these days. According to this, that actor, the one we were just speaking of, who was in Loki, supposedly he also plays inside the Mandalorian costume in Mandalorian as well. Huh. So that's oh. who it is. I always wondered oh, if. Funny. Well, I think they use a couple different people in, who are inside the costume. I think there's another guy who's like a like a stunt type guy who's also in there a lot. See, I was wondering if uh, Pedro Pascal was always under the suit. No, not always. But he does do a fair amount. Well, obviously, otherwise he has no reason to be in the show because he's always messed up. <laughs> and is, is John Goodman still doing some stuff? Because he was having a little bit of a career resurgence. A little bit. I mean, he, I think it started with that. I feel like he's always doing stuff. Always has been. It's a working man. Ten in Cloverfield Lane. He was in, uh, what's that show called? The Connors. Reprising his role. And... I think he was in that one um, Coen Brothers movie that I don't like. Which one's that? I always forget his name. Uh, Hail Caesar? I think he's. I'm pretty sure he's in that. Did you did you did you watch the whole movie? I saw in the theater. Yeah, I saw in the oh, theater. Oh, I had the the comedy. It was. It was, I just, I couldn't take the comedy in it. Damaged the movie for me. Oh, <laughs> just take it. Take it as a satire. I I saw it for the first time a year year and a half ago, and I had always heard so many bad things about it, and I thought it was brilliant. But I thought it was brilliant because of the satire, not not the comedy. They were. It, that whole movie is a commentary on something else, uh, but no, there, there was some really fun moments. But I, I feel like it was one of those movies where you can tell when they just stop the scene to just make jokes for it. It's like this is the scene to make people who don't get it laugh, and I just find stuff like that obnoxious. So it just kind of damaged. Uh, me. I thought there was an overarching, very interesting satire that was going on with that whole entire movie. Um, it was all it was all satire for something else, but. I don't know, this conversation for another day. I thought it was brilliant. I will say with that movie, uh, the guy who was in Solo, that's the reason I was... Oh, he was amazing. Solo because I thought he was great in that movie. Yeah, he was really I saw that guy. after Solo, but when I saw it, I thought, oh, this is why they cast him, because he's amazing in, yep. in this. Was I right? 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 Uh, what about Isaac? Oh, no. I was, oh, he was a different guy. Okay. He wasn't Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but he wasn't who I thought he was. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Never mind. Whoops. Uh, Isaac, did you feel the Princess Monoke connection with that big... Uh... I, Jordan, I don't understand what you're talking about, how it's George, it's Princess Monoke. Like, there's... It, it was just a reference design. I guess so. Fair enough. That's all. <laughs> I mean, what, what else would he be? Maybe it did get me. Fair enough. But, like, talking about how, like, you know, you're portraying these creatures as gods... Mm-hmm. Sure, sort of but we don't see the gods themselves like we don't because that was the whole point of that movie as well is that we got to see both sides of the story i guess that's john c Raleigh's character where he talks about the island is since he's but it, it's not a it's not a direct it's only a visual reference is what he was trying to do I'm just sounding a lot dumber or <laughs> I, I i i'm making a i'm running a joke into a ground okay no i just i just think maybe you're misunderstanding what his intent certainly intent was, am but. Because most of his references were 
solely for the visual kind of uh, callback, but that's fair. Wow. Eugene Cordero, who I keep calling the Maori looking person, is actually a Filipino descent. Uh, that's the guy who I was talking about. See, why couldn't he have been uh, uh, Tom Hilson instead? That would have made more sense. Eh. Yeah, but he's not a star to put on a marquee. I they're mean. going for the European. They're going for the European uh, exotic game hunter type vibe. Well, yeah, but also you need a star in this, not an unknown. Well, that too. I mean, there's a lot of character actors in this. You don't really have someone. And here. who the heck is the dire- or director again? Oh, yeah, an unknown guy. Okay, fair enough. But that's what they always do. I mean, no one really knew who uh, Gareth... I was going to say Ed Evans again. Fuck. Who Gareth Edwards was when he made Godzilla. Does anybody really know who Gareth Evans is? No. No one knows yet. <laughs> They'll know eventually when, the, when a studio grabs him for something. People will say, oh, the Apostle guy? Oh, maybe. No one knew who the Russos were either. You know? Oh, yeah. This is a reference to apparently one of the creatures from... What was it? Uh, I think 33. Could be wrong on that. What's 33? Yeah, I think this is like a reference from there. Yeah, from 33. Uh, King Kong. Yeah, King Kong. Oh, oh, okay. Well, aren't there some spiders? Uh, I can't remember. In 2005? Yep. Yeah, there is. Might have been that too. Oh, there's a whole bunch of insects in 2005. Oh, yeah. Creepy ass scene. For you guys, since you guys have both seen that film all the way through, what's... um. Which one do you prefer when it comes to like the getting to Skull Island? Uh, do you mean between the thirty three and to the, and Peter Jackson's? Uh, between Peter Jackson and this one. Oh, I whoa! It's it's so different. I don't feel like there's any comparison. I thought I knew you were going to say that. It's it's way too different. It is so different, but I I prefer this one though. <laughs> and it's literally like maybe almost an hour right i prefer this one though yeah because it's it's too long i i like some of the stuff but that's another movie that's damaged by the comedy i feel like it almost ruins the movie the, the comedy in, in that movie some brilliant spectacle but all the stupid jokes just kicks my ass okay so apparently <laughs> like in this coming scene where we're gonna see a bunch of the natives the, the iwi i believe it's what it's called uh brie larson is a double uh, spear thrower or something like that in here or spear holder that arch the stone arch <laughs> she wouldn't hold a spear <laughs> that stone arch was a direct homage to a stone arch in a full metal jacket <laughs> i can see that Which, by the way i'm glad that they didn't go with the black natives again move away from that after uh, the peter jackson one <laughs> uh, he specifically <laughs> spoke about that there you go <laughs> he specifically spoke about how he went for an original look with his with his natives because of how it had been done before in, in the Japanese movies as well. That might've been her. Maybe. Yep. I don't know. Oh yeah. That's her right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw her now, but most of these people are, are native um, Vietnamese and according to him, they were delighted to be in this movie. <laughs> I, I hope that's not sarcastic. No. Well, I don't think it, I don't think he meant it sarcastically. Okay, good. Sounds slight sarcastic, but it is what it is. And um, enter the guy from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Surprised he didn't come for Volume Two. What's your guys' timestamp? I feel like maybe I'm a little off. I'm at oh. uh, as of right now forty six point thirty five. Yeah, I'm pretty close to pretty close. Okay, to I'll him. pause for a few seconds here. We have 30. 
Yeah, I was at 53, so. So we have our Conrad and we have our Marlboro, thus fulfills Heart of Darkness. Well, a lot fulfills Heart of Darkness or, uh, or Apocalypse Now. Uh, ba- ba- I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, there, Eric, but uh, the no negative first guy, his name's okay. So the first, so Tom Hiddleston's character's name's uh, Conrad. That's based off of Joseph Conrad, the okay. author of said book. That's Brie Larson right there. And then Marlowe is the uh, guy. Kurtz is fault. No. Wow, what a great uh, show. No, Marlowe is the man, protagonist. Excuse me, that's right. Marlowe is the protagonist of that. Why, why did you read that book? Kurtz is the guy he's trying to follow why did i, why did I read that book mm-hmm. uh it's a book that i sorry novella i wanted to read that novella for a long time oh okay there's a direct animation reference right there it's it's hentai yeah i got it jordan fair enough except it's not a girl instead that was a hentai reference oh, wait are we talking about the canteen or what are we talking about the giant the tentacle in the water yeah oh 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 Okay, I guess I guess that could be a hentai reference. Sorry, could I grab a timestamp one more time? I I feel like I'm still a little off. Forty eight. I was on a forty eight right now. Oh, I'm slightly ahead of I'm slightly ahead of him. So you know, a simple walk for Kong today. I guess he's looking for food. Oh, but Isaac, you're explaining the uh, part of darkness. Yes, this is supposed to be like a slice of life part of uh, Kong, like just doing his daily thing. <laughs> No, seriously. Oh golly, no! I can't imagine this being an anime right now. No, seriously, this is this is supposed to be just Kong doing his what he does. Yeah, and I really appreciate that they uh, Adam Wingard picked up on this and really accentuated it in Godzilla vs Kong. Oh yeah, I should quickly mention I almost forgot about this. Uh, when they originally started this project in 2013, uh, Peter Jackson picked Adam Wingard to be the director for, for this movie. And then when it went to Legendary, they dropped him. So it's kind of funny that he eventually got to make his Kong movie, but... That's interesting. Completely different continuity. You know who he also referenced, or not referenced, but recommended Peter Jackson? Guillermo del Toro. Oh, I didn't see that that part. That's funny. Oh, man. That would have been, been an interesting, different movie. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, he could have worked on Frankenstein and saved the MonsterVerse, but that's for another day. Oh... Oh, but do you want to finish your Heart of Darkness uh, story there, Isaac? Um, other than just I am reading it currently, and it's for an eventual com- oh yeah, it's for an eventual commentary we're going to do on Ad Astra. Well, not a commentary, but yeah, eventual uh, episode on it. Oh, interesting. Here's the here's the old boy reference right here. Oh, I did not pick that up. That's oh funny. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that. Still haven't seen that whole movie. Wow. I can't remember why I did a lot of I did a bunch of research into Heart of Darkness because of some other movie me and Sean were discussing, but I can't think what it is right now. Because there was a different movie that, I, that we watched that I was comparing heavily. Well, because I, I was told to compare it heavily to Heart of Darkness. <laughs> I mean, it might be Ad Astra. Probably not, but... Ad Astra, I totally see that. But no, it's a different movie because me and Sean never discussed that movie for a podcast. All right, so here's The Wall. And there's the village. Oh, and technically speaking, Caleb, uh, the octopus, that's a reference to Congress yeah. Godzilla 62. Yeah, 62, yeah. I guess if anybody didn't get that. But... <laughs> yeah, where was all the... Uh, I wanted to see like the plastic wrap on it. I was choked that it wasn't there. 
And the whole him eating it, not just like um, the old boy reference, but it's also the fact that the octopus used in that original film was then eaten afterwards by the director. Oh, interesting. Yeah, kind of sad, but... Yeah. What do you guys think of the John C. Riley uh, inclusion here? I think it's cool. What did I think? What did I think? Um, well, I guess it's a audience surrogate for the natives. Uh, and I'm not going to see the natives at all or talk to them really. Yeah, have much personality. And the only native we'll be seeing is, you know, two movies from now, which I'm still a little miffed by that the, the storm itself destroyed... Um, yes. These these guys. It should have just been Ghidorah that destroyed them all. Like that makes way more sense. In an offhanded line, too. Oh yeah, they all got wiped out in a storm. Yeah, that ship right there. <laughs> the... Oh, there it is. There's the Wanderer. Yes. Wanderer. Yep. Yep. You're right. It's Wanderer. Yeah. Although it's not called Wanderer, it's like Conqueror or uh, Voyager or something like that. I don't remember. The original is called Venture. That's thank you. You're you're absolutely right. It was called Venture. I thought this ship thing was actually a really cool little reference to uh, the cargo cults kind of movement that was going on during the the second world war oh i did not what even think that? about that but um that's interesting. but a lot of people like to um in their head canon say that this is the ship from uh the 70s version of the kong movie oh that's funny oh i thought it was <laughs> i mean we're in the 70s right now and that took t- technically took place three years after like in universe this movie oh that's true that you know funny enough that almost could be the same thing well except for the ending what am i saying <laughs> Almost could happen, but I know it didn't. Um, I will say I did enjoy this part here. It actually kind of reminds me of some bits from uh, Mad Max, the video game, uh, just with the, oh. the, the use of chalk almost. Again, not with monsters and all stuff, but just they use chalk and put it on a ship as well. That's why I'm just like calling it. Oh, that. I was going to say, I don't know if you, watch, if you guys have ever watched OK Go music videos, but they have one. They're all amazing. Nope. We'll seek it out on YouTube sometime, anybody. But uh, they had this one particular video that's all about these types of images that line up when you look at them the right way. That's cool. Or like a little like a puzzle game type of thing in the music video, or or not a puzzle game, but uh, actually, it's images made out of junk. It looks like just a bunch of random junk, like thrift store junk. But then when you look at it the right way, it looks like a, an actual image. Oh, that's cool. I highly recommend any of their music videos. You will not be disappointed. They're all unique visually. I know. Okay, good night. I don't know about okay, go. <laughs> oh, but I was gonna. I forgot to mention this too. I was just scrolling through my notes here. Go. Yeah, originally, Tom Hiddleston's character was gonna be like, kind of like a like a Captain Ahab or like a Quint from Jaws type of character, where like he'd faced Titans in the uh, the Vietnam War, and so he was gonna be like, I guess their monster specialist. Not sure why they dropped that. That would have been kind of a cool angle, but. Could have been, could have been. There was another, there was another one. There was another aspect they were going to go for when they were writing this film. I got to find it now. But yeah, I think I mentioned that World War One, Part Two. But yeah, he they they went kind of with the most boring version. Like he's just some tracker. Yeah, doesn't really have any backstory to him or anything. But I don't know why they did that. Something about his dad being the RAF. But um, I just saw uh, Jaws yesterday. Oh God, it was amazing! It was so. Oh, good. in the theater? No, uh, no. I, I was watching the 4K. The restoration was incredible, but I hadn't seen the movie itself in who knows 10, 15 years, and oh, it was just so good oh, wow. in every possible way. Amazing. Yeah, it's excellent. 
I don't know how long ago me and you, Isaac, saw in the theater, but it was, yeah, just, just so great to see on a huge screen like that. Love that movie. No, it was, um, and I'm assuming if you all saw digital, it was, uh, it was like the, probably the same restoration I saw. The re- oh, it was it was glorious. HDR was incredible. Yeah, whichever one it was, they fixed up the problems from the Blu-ray where it was like, um, like what was that? What was that problem where they would make things like look really rubbery when they were doing Blu-ray conversions? Oh, Blu-ray commercials. DNR. 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 There made you go. People look waxy. Yeah, a lot of the original Star Trek movies look really bad in that way. Yeah, Jaws, the original Jaws Blu-ray. Mm. Yeah, Predator Two as well. Oof, just so bad. Yeah, the original Star Trek movies, many of them look really bad on Blu-ray like that. Ah, uh, hmm. I'll have to confirm that with Star Trek Two. But they're gonna release. They're starting to release the 4K Star Trek movies um, later this year. So we'll see what they do about that. Smart choice, Paramount. Disney, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> and they're finally going to restore the uh, the director's cut that was made for DVD a long time ago. Uh, they're going to actually um, oh, motion picture do it for 4K for the first time. Yes, motion picture. Nice. That should be out at the end of the year. The motionless picture. We've got it. <laughs> motion. Hey, yeah, I love that movie. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I like this bird. That's kind of a fun. Design. Yeah, he descri- he described them as the crackheads of the island this particular species. Oh yeah. I didn't get to this part in the commentary, but <laughs> did I forget to mention as well that, um, Jordan appeared on the, on, on an honest trailers, um, video of Kong skull Island, And he actually wrote it as well. Oh, he's such a nerd. He pointed out all the flaws. Yeah. He pointed out all the flaws and he's still, yet he still, uh, stands by his film, which yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I fully admit like that's, that's good on you, man. I mean, you made this movie, so you should be proud of it. It was amazing. This movie's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Isaac, I think, is the least positive on it. Oh, it's amazing. This, this is probably my, my favorite of the MonsterVerse movies, I think. It's probably the best. I'm still riding a little bit high on the fumes of the more recent or most recent Kong versus uh, Godzilla. But probably as the years go by, uh, I think this is the best one of, of all four. Yeah, I think it's the visually visually the best but i also just think that the john c Riley character is probably the best character that we've had in these movies yes i agree so say, they, they handle they handle the human characters like probably by far the best in this one of, out of all four yeah i know isaac you're oh complaining oh my god megastorm is oh my god yeah i heard that <laughs> i know isaac you were complaining that they focus too much on the human characters which i can definitely understand but did I say that the first time or the, like, you know, what we were talking before off camera or off recording? I think we were talking earlier. Well, they do focus on them, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. It, it certainly does work. Um, yeah, no other comment. Uh, other than t- one of the versions I think I read properly was that Hilston's character was a sniper as well and may have accidentally gotten a seven-year-old kid named jenny killed oh i did not see that part or something like that i i have i don't know what that means i'm yeah they had a lot of ideas on how to make the characters more interesting but they kind of just stripped a lot of that stuff away it seemed like it was the studio the studio just wasn't interested in kind of depthful characters i think me and you you and sean i think we're talking about this recently eric this about like what constitutes like blockbuster characters and how they kind of strip away all the things that make them did we like have any sort of dimension besides 
I, I think it was the three of us. I don't remember if maybe it was just the two the two of us. I'm not sure. That's interesting. I know we've had a lot of blockbuster related conversations, but I can't remember that specific Jag. Oh, for mm. some reason, Mr. Jordan is like to call him. He was, <laughs> he was, he was over the moon about the idea of having these native Vietnamese people pose, pose for these photos with them throwing up the peace sign. He, he thought there was something <laughs> like super special and unique about that, about getting that image while making the movie. I think I know where he's going with it, but uh, oh, anyway, fine's buzzing. Yeah, you know, I like this moment here because one of the big things that this movie's missing is kind of the the female connection with Kong. Okay, and so I like that they have this one brief moment. Yes, at least something. Yes, he wanted to have something, but he didn't want it to be the damsel in distress type thing that we had seen before. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that, although I want to wait for this uh, for, for this helicopter to get off this big yak first. Um, then I'll go into it. Yeah, I like that she's trying, and I like that it recognizes that she's helping. I'm like, oh, hey, you know. Not being a dick. At least someone's showing some kindness to me. <laughs> now, trust me, you could do this in, like, two movies from now. Or two in two years, you could do this from now. But, like, unfortunately, you don't have enough strength. You just need a Cosmic Cube to help you. Oh, I see. I wish she like pushed it again, and then it would th- that would have been funny because then we have the reveal that it was actually him. But oh, like a little gag. I feel like, like that's super eighties humor, super eighties yeah. movie humor. Like, that's something that would happen in Goonies or something. Yeah, but it works. It, it works. <laughs> yeah, they could have done it, but I do love that moment. She's just completely dwarfed. Or or the yeah, I don't think she even screams. No, she doesn't scream. She's just too stunned to know how to react. Yeah, no, speechless. That's not. A, I think like throughout the whole movie, she doesn't even scream at like anything, which is hey, I guess go. subversion. But um, I want to talk about that. And I I had this thought on Monday about the whole like women with uh or particularly Caucasian blonde female with. Uh, King Kong, and I'm like, mm. is that is there like a subtle message of like again? I'm probably going too far with this, but is there a subtle message of like yes, black man wanting? Yeah, I thought so. Okay, yeah, that's the subtext of the 33. That's one of the things that makes it a little, little uncomfortable in some ways. But yeah, yeah, I thought so. Okay, and do kind of do they sort of string that line in in 76? Uh, I mean, I, not intentionally, but it could just be kind of inherent in the, the material, but unfortunately, yeah, they go really creepy in the 76 one where Kong is super rapey. <laughs> just these like trying to peel her clothes off and the looks he has creepy as fuck. Well, it is the seventies after all. <laughs> um, and then what about the old five movie? Uh, no, they turn into like this. He's much more of just like a big ape in that one. It's, it's a little bit. They strip away the subtext a little bit in that and okay, because good. they make him so animalistic. And, oh, I guess I forgot. And they turn into a big romance too, where they actually fall in love. So that's very different than the other ones. Yeah, the whole beauty killed the beast thing. Yeah, more. Um, I forgot about King Kong versus Godzilla. Like, I guess that also counts. It wasn't a Caucasian blonde female, but it still was a female. <laughs> but if it was less. a Kong twenty one film, like an original Kong twenty one film. They, they would have to substitute the uh, the white lady with like an Asian damsel in stress, distress, and that would that would modernize it for uh, current times. I guess so. It's a very big stereotype, uh, especially amongst Asian communities. 
but in general, there's a lot of beautiful Asian ladies with uh, beautiful black men in real life. Oh, I just want to quickly point out this scene. I love John C. Riley in this scene. As they're like explaining all the stuff he's missed. Oh, BB-8. BB-8. Oh, no. <laughs> Can't believe he made an appearance on this podcast. Get that FIFA soccer ball out of here. But I really like uh, just his expression and his like bafflement. Like, huh. Like, all that stuff happened, really? Huh. I think he plays it well. John C. Riley's a good actor, man. Like, of course he's going to. Oh, this was all uh, an ad lib scene right here. Yeah, you could totally see that. Yeah, there was a prompt at the beginning of the conversation that was in the script, and everything else was ad lib by the actors. I can actually tell that. Yeah, did either of you guys watch uh, Walk Hard? Yeah, that's um, that was a documentary. He not a documentary. That's a biopic film that he did, didn't he? Yeah, it was kind of like a parody of um, that Johnny Cash. What was that? I walked the line. I think it was Walk the line. Yeah, it's actually a great movie. The Walk Hard. I highly recommend that. Um, really impactful, kind of a dramatic piece, but mixed with comedy. It, it works really well, and he's great in that. That's that's because I always thought he was just kind of another one of those dumb, or an actor is in dumb comedies, so I don't like them, like an Adam Sandler or Will. Because Ferrell. he's associated with Will Ferrell, eh? Exactly. But that movie showed that he had had some real uh, chops as an actor. So this creature's cool. Yep, and it's kind of sad because now it's all—it's really, really hurt now. But or is it just getting away from what it's getting away from? Uh, maybe it's getting away from what it's getting away from. Yeah, when we get the introduction to uh, similar beasts, which had so many redesigns, I kept like there was at least six redesigns and yeah. ideas they had for this thing, and I guess that's the Aurora Australis. Uh, also, that brief scene we just saw. Um, was uh was shot on location in australia actually um that's because he wanted a, a location that had a bunch of dead trees and they found that location in australia well you can either go there now or you can come up to bc and film right in the interior because you'll find a lot of dead trees there oh damn damn shots fired what's that about though i mean what's going on in bc fires uh just intense yeah oh just so fire. many fires again i didn't know that yeah, we had a big crazy heat wave, and so that's made the I fire. I did know about that, but I didn't know there was some fires. No, not a heat wave, heat dome. Yeah, big dome. Yeah. Which we got a. Re- I don't know if you heard this, Eric. We had a record-breaking temperature of all Canada, which was like forty-nine degrees Celsius, which is probably at least close to what is that? A hundred and actually, hang on, I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> you know, I. I mean, I'm not surprised. I didn't hear about the record-breaking, but I'm not surprised when I heard about the temperatures that were coming out of, uh, like. Um, Seattle area, etc. Yeah. Yes, that too. Yeah, this is some more beautiful stuff. 120 degrees Fahrenheit. That's uh, that's how hot it was yeah. up there. So anyway, it it got that hot uh, at this place called Linton, and they were kind of celebrating like, yeah, we're the hottest place in the entire all camp country. And then like two days later, they burnt down. Yeah, entire town gone. Like half an hour too. So did you? Too bad. Whatever version of the heat you guys felt, was it, was it, was it dry? Was it humid? What was it? What kind of heat was it? Humid. Humid. Very humid. Yeah, you're soaked, soaked in sweat all the time. Just yeah, brutal. Just According to a person from Florida who lived in Florida for years and then migrated up here, it she listed all these credentials of like how hot it's been in Florida and then said she's never experienced anything like that down there. 
Yeah, this is some beautiful stuff. That's how hot it was, apparently. Again, just some great choices. Of course, Death Valley is like breaking records right now. So, oh, well, that's yeah, but that's dry, different. But that's um, a desert, right? I'm aware. <laughs> but uh, hmm, that sounds suspect because I've never been to Florida. Is one of the few major regions of the United States I've never been to. But I, I always imagine it'd be like approaching what what you're talking about, what you felt, and and Houston's that way too, and all those other gulf coastal areas but anyway interesting oh yeah i forgot to mention before sorry we're just talking over the film but uh Chekhov's, uh what is that thing called Chekhov's lighter fire, uh, uh, lighter yeah check oh lighter. yeah oh there's that skull that's nice too oh that because uh, yeah, there's so many great visual choices like we didn't need all this stuff here with uh what did you say, Isaac? I don't, I'm not sure if it's the Aurora. Like, which one did you say it was? The Aurora Australis. Yeah, it looks like great choices to put it in there. It just makes the scene more exciting for... Could have just been a dark night, but nope. I don't get this part, even though there's a part of, like... Kong here is a teenager, and his parents were killed by the Skull Crushers. So... <laughs> He's actually a teenager in disguise. Not sorry, disguise, but he's like just a teenager and he's all mopey and emotional. And so he misses them. I guess that's something. Oh, by the way, Ikari, for anybody who gets that reference. Skull Crushers are supposed to be angel number one. And then Ikari here, like, okay, I got it. Oh, yeah, I remember him at like Evangelion, right? You're talking about? Ev- Evangelion. <laughs> Evangelion. <laughs> As I call it. Oh, no. how about Evangelion? <laughs> yeah, you kept going on about that in the, the commentary too. Oh, tons of Evangelion references. Uh, yeah, that was probably the most. That fourth movie thing. better be released this year. That's all I'm gonna say. What? What? Yeah, probably the most referenced. And I said I, I hope that fourth movie is released this year because I know it was oh. cut off due to COVID last year. Oh, interesting. But yeah, that's the movie he references the most throughout the commentary. Over and over again. Well, it's a TV show before it's a movie. Well, right, right. Anime, shall we say. Also, they kept yeah, using... Not... Oh, go ahead, Caleb. Oh, I was going to say, among all the millions of video game references he was throwing out, too, like, I forgot to mention, he said that Shadow of the Colossus was a giant influence on the scale of the... I can see the... that. I can totally see that. Yeah. Which I appreciate, but... Originally, there was supposed to be this whole sequence where they were going to have to escape from the villagers and they're going to be trying to attack them. But ultimately, I think this is the better choice, as he said, which was just to have them just stand here. I agree. I agree. And he just, he's got such a great expression here, really sells kind of the impact of the scene, I think. And he said, I don't think anyone else but John C. Riley could play this the way he's playing it. And then he delivers the comedic line right there. Yeah, it's funny to say he's probably the most, because he's no, known for his comedic stuff, but he's probably the most dramatic actor of this whole group. Agreed. Kind of. Absolutely agree. In our podcast with our Oscar nominees, John C. Riley has popped up a surprising number of times in Best Picture nominees. Like, like people don't think about it or realize yeah. how often he pops up in those types of movies. Oh, there's a gun right th- Oh, no. Oh, that's cool. There's a gun. Uh, there's a gun stock there, but it's got a sword in it. That's kind of cool. Uh, the director is very chuffed by how they came up with this unique way to open the game. Yeah, which I'm like, who's holding that up? And that better be like strong rope that there's using. a hoist. There's like a there's, there's like a pulley 
hoist. Uh, no, I saw I saw the pulley system. I'm just saying, like that that better be strong rope they're using. Oh right. Well, it seemed to work well enough. So Look that rocks <laughs> or the, the log. Excuse me. Uh, also, I got a question with the natives. What about them? Excuse me. Go ahead. You go first, Caleb or Eric. Excuse me. Okay. Um. Why? Uh, how do they? Um. How do they rep- uh, reproduce? Standard way, I believe. Why? Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. What? What? What's this coming? Well, just that if they're all like you know in the same village shouldn't they all be related well yeah i'd imagine they would be i don't care what you're there's probably there's probably that, that's that's what happens yeah what's what i don't know what point you're making but i guess he did even say that some of them didn't seem like they aged so maybe they didn't bother with reproducing anymore. Oh, okay. it's just like the, the same population for but that's that's completely uh i don't know where you're going with that one but i don't know either i think that's what happens in every tribal community that's that's true yeah you're right on that one uh, what were you saying, Eric? Oh, he's also very chuffed by the design. He told, I don't know if it was ILM or who he told, like, I want the ship to be, you know, made out of airplane parts. So then they came up with this and he just freaking loves it. Uh, he hopes one day they make a toy, a toy version of it. Uh, he's just in love with this design. <laughs> yeah, well, how, what did you, how do you guys think Tom Hiddleston, because he, he was kind of fading a little bit around this time. Like, I was a big fan still because of the Night Manager series, but, like, the Loki kind of persona was starting to kind of fade out of people's minds, and then he did this, and I don't feel like anyone really cared or noticed. All I know about Tom Hiddleston, because I never really followed him, obviously he showed up in, you know, the Avengers movies, and at some point he dated Taylor Swift, and that's a big deal. Oh, yeah, that's right, he did. And then I never had thoughts about him until the Loki series came around, and I... I think I told you, Caleb, I'm all of a sudden a Tom Hiddleston fan because of that series. Then you absolutely need to watch The Night Manager. It's it's this brilliant little Bond series with um, Hugh Laurie plays a great villain. And again, that lady from Tenant. It's an excellent series. It, it just completely fell out of the radar. It's a like a series series? Is it European? Yeah, I think it's only six episodes, maybe eight episodes. Sounds European. That's British for you. Yeah, Olivia Coleman's in it too, playing another great performance that she always does. I don't know why people it it was such a disappointment for me that they didn't continue the series because I thought it had a lot of room to keep going. But I, I'd check it out. Sadly, no. And Hiddleston, some of his best work. Oh, coming up is the director's version of uh, the E.T. Moon, um, iconic. I couldn't believe they didn't shoot that guy. By the way, what the fuck? You had, a, you had a perfect shot of him. Just put him out of his misery. They're tearing him to limb from limb over there certainly bloodless tearing off of the arm scene well if they wouldn't have got him immediately that would have been a tough shot uh if they well i guess that's fair yeah that's true no but isaac did you want to complain about the uh first person uh perspective there uh so random random uh tidbit of information about um What's her name? The lady uh, who's Dr. Dre's, I guess, I don't want to say assistant, but I guess employee, maybe. Go on. I gotta find that note. Well, she was, first off, she was in uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, which we just found out. That's oh. because I realized, oh, hey, that's that's who she is. Let's see. Nope. 
Dang it, where is that thing? Some of this reminds me of Thin Red Line. Oh, Thin Red, red Line, okay. Towards the end of the movie. It reminds me of towards the end of that movie. Brie Larson's, I can't, she has freckles above her nose. I can't tell if they're natural or the, in the previous scenes, shots, they almost look like how freckles are painted on like in theater. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I kind of assume that's her natural look. Well, just the way it appeared prior to this moment, it just looked like they were literally painted on like little dots with a brush. Like, <laughs> like for a theater stage actor. Actually, isn't that what Hilson's also known for, Caleb, where he's also a Shakespearean actor? Oh, I would not be shocked in any way if he did stuff on this. Right there. Right there. They look painted on her face. Okay. But I guess that maybe they're natural. They just look unnatural. Where is it? Yeah, what are these skeletons here? Are these part of the Kong family still? That's that's his parents. Yes. They're supposed to be his parents. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which I did not know until earlier today. Yeah, and does that fit with Godzilla versus Kong? Because I thought his maybe maybe it wasn't his parents, maybe just his ancestors or something lived in all over. Those are just his ancestors. Yeah. Those are his parents right there. And I guess this whole pit area is supposed to be uh right next to hollow earth or something or at least next to a portal to it so yeah i believe so but did they say in the newer movie that skull was like a part of hollow earth that came to the surface or something yeah i think something like that oh my goodness that's freaking oh son of a okay well that boat was called gray fox forgot to mention that shoot okay Which boat? so the the boat they were on the ma- the makeshift boat is called the gray fox Oh, yeah, the tiny little, yeah. That's the Metal Gear Solid reference. And my question is, why is it called that? Other than, like, in, like, out of universe, the reference to Metal Gear. That's it. Like, that's it. That's it, yeah. Just, that's, that's what, he, he was just packing as many references as he could into this. Yes. Dang. Okay. Yeah, and again, they're, they're so kind of random, too. It's, I can see why the studio may, would have been, like, maybe pull some of this back, because... People just aren't going to get what you're trying to do here with it. But oh, but that's what he wanted to do. You know, I mean, more power to him. But oh, yeah. Also, for those who don't get the reference, it's just a name. So I want to complain about them being in this like elephant graveyard and how what the what I feel like it should be toxic to them. Just I don't, I don't know. Like the, the air itself is looks unclean. It looks like it's filled with nauseous chemicals. I I don't know. I wish they were all choking to death. It is. It is, but I guess it's it's tolerable levels, obviously. Yeah, they'll feel in a couple years. Actually, that explains why a lot of them don't <laughs> come back for the sequel. <laughs> or the rest of the series, excuse me. Yeah, they got lung cancer or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys think of Samuel Jackson in this, the character? Because... 
when I left the theater the first time, it was one of the big detractions. I thought it was like, oh, like we spent so much time on that character and there was really nothing to I'm him. actually surprised how much you don't notice him in the movie, um, except for when they first arrive at the island. I, I'm actually surprised at how much he seems like he's in the background because you don't, he usually doesn't come off that way in, in more recent movies. Yeah, and I'm I'm more okay with it now, but I think the first time I was expecting him to be more of Well, they try to sell it that way. I kind of thought he was going to be a co-lead with... Exactly. I think they just sold it that way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, for these to be Kong's parents, the skulls don't seem as large as they should be. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I can see that. Because he's freaking ginormous. So unless they just didn't live full Kong lives, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, this might be babies for all we know. Well, they lived old enough to give birth, and then next thing you know, the skull crawlers come and pop their skulls. Then again, this thing looked the size it was in uh, Congress's Godzilla. Wait, what does? The skull? The skull, the skull crawlers. Oh, the oh. skull crawlers. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the size and just like how small they are. I'm talking about the, the size of those skulls that are supposed to be Kong's parents look way too small to me. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, because Kong, yeah, got huge and oh no, oh crap, not John Goodman. <laughs> like how they were standing where, where their marks were. Like, oh okay. Yeah, and I guess that flash and it's kind of cool. I uh, yeah, I'll get that's a video game trope right there. Yeah. I don't think it's been done before, but like, I'll give them that. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, because apparently the creatures had um, translucent skin, which I never would have known except for that. And a uh, fifty cal on a Triceratops. Uh, skull, yeah, it's completely video game. Yeah, that's it's interesting that they put the the triceratops in there because we don't actually see any dinosaurs in this. I guess maybe they all died out too. Yeah, where's the T Rex? What the hey? I mean, there were three T Rexes, so yeah, I'm I'm assuming they pulled away from that just because the they thought the Peter Jackson one did it good enough. They're like, we can't yeah, repeat that. That's fair. I like him with the sword here. <laughs> it's so short. It's historically accurate, I guess. I don't know. Well, they have those two sizes. I'm pretty sure there's a name for each, but I'm not an expert on samurai swords. Uh, one is a katana, the other is a wazaki, I believe. Oh, there you go. It looked longer there when it was a quick shot with him turning around. It looked a little bit longer. The the tongue. Hmm. Yeah, this. I think this is one of the weaker action pieces in this movie. Like it's fine, but it's just. Eh. I think it's fine. Doesn't really do a lot for me. Random action slide or action movie slide. No, I like, I think this all works because of the atmosphere and everything. Yeah, I think maybe I'm just not super impressed by the skull crawlers. Like the design doesn't do a lot for me, and I like all the random explosions everywhere. That's kind of a fun, uh, just kind of unpredictable element. But now, of course, that was his monster. I mean, that he got to design for the movie that. Mr. Jordan, the skull crawler, that was his his creation. I like how his influences were were the first, whatever those things are called in Evangelion. That was one of the um one of his uh what do you call it? Inspirations for his monster. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I said that before where... but, the, but there was others. One was even the uh I don't know what that Pokemon's called. The Pokemon that wears a skull on its head. Uh that was another Yeah, that's right. And there were some others that he was inspired by for his. Oh, now this scene right here 
with Hiddleston. This is stupid. I don't know why. Okay. This looks, I don't know why this is awful. It makes me think of Ghostbusters 2016. They went back and forth between keeping it and losing it for the film. Because uh, in screenings, there was, you know, how, you know, people put in the card what they really liked or didn't like. And that was a scene that some people really liked in screenings and other people didn't like. Uh, really? But they yeah. decided to keep it in. I was going to say where well, there's titters of laughter during that scene because it, it just looks silly. There's the lighter. There's the lighter. Yeah, yeah. There's something about him being in the gas mask and just swatting them and how, like, that's never been done before. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Everyone should go watch Ghostbusters 2016 where they do, like, the exact same scene just without the, the sword. It felt like it from a, something else from a different movie, maybe. Uh, that movie's just bad, though. That's uh, okay. That one. That one's okay. I liked it. Not, like, I liked terrible. it. Ghostbusters 2016? No. I'm talking about what just happened with the gas mask and, and the sword. I liked it in this. Yeah. It's so funny. It's all like six seconds long. Uh, like, would it have been that big a deal like to have to cut or not cut? It's, like, it's not like it takes away a chunk of the movie. I wonder if this is in that same Australian location as earlier. It could be. Yeah, here's where we see uh, Samuel Jackson, just a big... Uh... It's, it seems crazy that you would go to Australia for this, because this could so easily be done in a soundstage, it seems, if this is all you use of it. Yeah, yeah fair enough. That's true. Well, he liked, the, he liked the look of it, so he was like, hey, it's important to, to get that right. Hey, I'm all about the on-location shooting, it just seems wild. Well... See, that's longer. Yeah, and I guess this is I guess this is where Samuel Jackson kind of turns into the, the villain for the rest of the movie. Cuts, cuts, what is this? Can nobody shoot action anymore? I'm just kidding. What what's the action? <laughs> oh, they cut whatever. It wasn't a super flowy uh, action piece or action take, but whatever. Just just him swiping away the sword? I, I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, there was like just three cuts to that, and I'm like, that shouldn't have been three cuts. You could have just done that all in one take. Yeah, because I'm a little bit, uh, I think I'm a little bit ahead. So I was on a completely non-action scene when he said that. So I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> there you go. The one guy has Birdman written on his helmet. I'm, I can't remember what that's a reference to. It's a reference to something, but I don't know what. <sighs> yeah, I should know what that is, but I don't. I mean, there's Birdland. It's, that's a song. <laughs> it's a great a song. jazz song but like, and i'm pretty sure it's not birdman the michael keaton movie it's not that it's something else i was thinking that too i'm like um not harvey birdman i don't know if he was no because that was because space ghost comes first right <laughs> yeah i <and> just <laughs> yeah space ghost is it coast to coast is that uh... <laughs> either of you watching um bad batch clone wars nope nope jinx because the one guy with the red uh, headband, I I just keep thinking of Hunter from Bad Batch. And if you see Bad Batch, you'll exactly know what I'm talking about. Hey, Caleb, what were you saying about um, Boba Fett this afternoon, by the way? I don't think I fully comprehended what you said. No, I think they were saying that Book of Boba is going to be, they, I think they were talking about it as like the more gritty, like uh, like darkest Star Wars show that we've seen so far. Oh, it's like, it feels like the marketing for Rogue One all over again. For those of you not watching Bad Batch, 
just in the recent episodes, like very recently, last couple, two, three weeks, lots of Mandalorian references. Plenty, plenty. Interesting. Mm. It's good stuff. It really is. Okay, so now I think I this is perfect. Okay, so this is perfect. And this scene kind of looks like some place they would shoot in Princess Mononoke. I kind of see what you mean. Okay, so um, what's his name? Dr. Dre's um, co-worker there. Um, oh yeah, the, the lady. Yeah, Jin Tian. That's her. That's her. Uh, that's the actor uh, who is also, as I said before, in Pacific Rim Uprising uh, as the uh, corporate executive in that. If anybody remembers that. Oh, uh, her character's name here is San Lin, and apparently there was a there's a Straits Times that article that was talked about how her role in Chinese was was called uh, Huan Pin. I apologize if I butchered that. My my apologies. Uh, meaning a vase, which that context wise it refers to insignificant roles, and that she hardly does or says a thing. And I'm like, absolutely, that is. I have that oh. same problem with uh, in the first time I watched this and the third time I've watched this now. So you're, you're telling me in um, in Chinese language films that they will literally name the character that when that's the type of role they play. This was a this was a review of the film and what her character was like. Oh, so I thought you're saying the Chinese version of it they changed the name. But that no. term, it, I, you made it sound like that's the thing they use like in China or something. Uh. It's I, I guess it could be almost a derogatory term or a term for stuff, I, I guess. Do you just mean like uh like criticism, like movie or book criticism, throwing that kind yeah, of Yeah, it was out? like a movie or book criticism. So so is it like a Mary Sue term rather than how like in anime like there's always someone named Hero or something? I guess is what we're saying. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm saying like hero is intentional and then like they use that specifically. Um, but, it, or is it just a term like in writing, describing someone like Mary Sue, like there's no one actually named Mary Sue in a movie, but it's just a term that people, yeah, use. I, I know. I, I think it's what it means. It, it, uh, it doesn't seem to like go into that or not. If that's like a, uh, almost a trope that we associate with people. I, it's another great shot. Maybe. By the way. Yeah. This is not a bad shot. Um, yeah, it looks super CGI, but I still just think it's a cool idea. By the way, I actually, I mean, it probably looks gorgeous in 4k. I can I can believe that. Absolutely. Um, we almost lead into the whole, uh, you know, well, the monkey or gorilla wanting white woman, but thank goodness we don't because that's. Yeah, we we. Uh, I t- I read it much more as just a human ape connection. Yeah, which I appreciate how they change it for Godzilla versus Kong. Like he still is just female. I think I love that more than this. Yeah. Still says female sidekick connection, but just not romantic, which thankfully that is, that is not what is not because of Brie Larson. It has nothing to do with that. It, it could have been, it could have literally been Yvonne Strakowski. It could have been Margot Robbie. It could have been some other blonde Caucasian female. Oh my God. Margot Robbie would have been amazing. It doesn't matter who it would. I would have still been like, nope. I mean, eh. she was already doing that with, uh, she was in Tarzan and that was also, that also had Sam, Samuel Jackson in there as well. So what he was in that, which brings me up to another point, which I don't think has ever been explored. And I would love to see explored someday. <laughs> this is pure pulp. This is absolutely like 101% pulp, like, like even more pulpy than anything you would find in an orange juice. I want to see a comic or story featuring Tarzan and King Kong. I think that'd be amazing. I don't know what they would do there, but that'd be something pretty cool. 
an idea worth exploring. They'd probably team up. They'd be like, hey, I see you're a protector of the, the forest just like me. We'll be buds. Exactly. Let's be buds. Oh, interesting. I'd rather have a Tarzan Mowgli uh, spinoff. Uh, that also would be cool. That would be <laughs> very, very interesting. Although he's more associated with wolves. Oh, I didn't realize they had a second. Uh, didn't realize they had a second first-person shot there. Ah, hmm. oh, for Pitt's sakes! Yeah, this this is the one I was talking about. Every time there was a first-person shot with the guns, uh, he always said, "Oh, there's my Call of Duty uh, <laughs> shot." Hey. It looks awful in film. It works in video games. It doesn't work well in, in, in movies. Except for, apparently, Caleb tells me that the one from Doom is fine. Or actually looks good. And, of course, one of my favorite films, Enter the Void. Entirely first person. That's different. When I refer to first person, <laughs> I'm talking like first person video game stuff. Like, yes, there is first person perspectives. And, sorry, let me reiterate. I haven't seen enough of those like first person attempting to be a video game moments. In, game, in in movies, so it, there could be a good one out there. I mean, Hardcore Henry, also blues, reds, yeah, okay, I see the symbolism there. The the devil right yeah, there. Yeah. And, and look who's become the devil, I guess I don't know. To your point, Caleb, you were saying earlier where all of a sudden, you know, Sammy uh, Jackson is now like <laughs> kind of going full on General Kilgore over here. Yeah, this stuff disappointed me in the theater. I was like, ah, like his character is just not really developed enough for this to feel like it's interesting. It just feels like, oh, we're getting to the third act. We need a another villain introduced. I was like, oh well, because I... there's always the human villain element in uh, Kong movies. So they just felt like they had to. Yeah, throw that's in. true. And this time it's him trying to kill uh, Kong. Which, I mean, we get that in Kong versus Godzilla with that you know character creating. Un, unknown uh, way of, or uh, I don't know, solution to killing Titans, basically. I won't say what it is. But. King Kong versus Godzilla? Did you mean Godzilla versus Kong? God, whichever. I know. I, I'm using that term loosely, so it just means, yeah, the one from 2021. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I love how they dispatch the human villain in that, too. Just it's completely funny. just cast off. I prefer his daughter. Well, we're done with this part. <laughs> I love that too. Yeah, and the get rid of the daughter. Oh man, I wish that water like sprayed down more. Goodbye, Craig Clark or Clark Greg, excuse me. Uh, look alike. I don't know. Stand in, and then he dies. They couldn't get him. He was too busy on Agents of Shield, so they just got his uh, his clone, probably, or his uh, life model decoy, I should say. There you go. From what was it? From Tahiti? Is that where it was? Is that what they kept saying? Something like that. I still don't know why they could have just like come with something better it was a throwaway line like an avengers or something and then they just kept going Shit. with it i'm so sad i mean i think it's so sad that they just relegated him to the show that nobody cared about and i always thought for yeah. sure the decoy was him who got killed in the original avengers movie and that the real colson would come back but i've always hated life model decoys those are the, just for that reason of yes. just like <laughs> well except for original sin original sin justified them great story okay and then Caleb, you're I guess you've been seeing some of the new MCU stuff recently, and it's kind of like they're doing the Coulson thing again, except with that different character. Uh, do you mean in like Elaine which... from Seinfeld? Oh yes, because mm-hmm. she's putting together a different team, but they're doing it Coulson style, like in the uh, what do you call it, the after credit scenes? Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I guess we'll see what what happens with that. I'm not so happy with her yet, but I'm not happy with her either. But I'm, I'm told who she's putting together. So can I say right here, where Hiddleston 
uh, and and uh, Larson's character kind of try to convince Jackson that he's wrong to kill Kong. I actually found his argument stronger. I was like, you know what? I don't care for them saying that. I, I don't care for them saving him. I, I actually don't mind if Jackson killed him. I'd like to. I think he has a stronger argument. I, I don't. I don't think they're. What's his argument? Just about his his down comrades. Yeah, just revenge. Yeah, pretty much. I found that stronger the first time or the second time. Excuse me. I I, I don't know why it felt more compelling, which is interesting. And these guys' argument had nothing. I think he just swayed by the. By the charm and affect of uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, the performance. <laughs> yeah, I think I just I don't know. I, I looked at it more as you know he's a colonel who's wanted to always fight and he's complete has clearly has PTSD from the war. Well, we see all that, but that's not convincing me. I mean, yeah. of his argument. Yeah, and, and okay, and he feels like they ended the war too too early, like they screwed that up. So maybe he feels like this is the real war. And yeah. he's going to finish it before the politicians can step in and fuck it up with the red tape. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I get it. it there's there's something there. It just doesn't really feel like it really comes off the, the page to me for the character to really... Oh, that's fair. That's that's totally fair. But I just... I don't find Hiddleston or Larson have an argument for... No, you have to... You can't kill Kong. Because natural predators will rule this land. I, I don't think they have a strong argument for, for me, at least. Well, I think that's a strong argument. They just don't really... I think both of them are just kind of flat in the way they deliver it. So I will give you that. I will actually, I'll give you that one. Cause yeah, I mean, they kill Kong, this fucking skull crow is going to just run rampage over the Island. Oh, and speaking of which second wind and, or, uh, his health regenerated enough and now he's back up. There's a video game moment. Yeah. It's regenerated. Yep. I wish the meter was on the side so we could see it slowly rising up as the, uh, the distraction was there. Oh, yeah, here there we, go. we go. Talking is a free action. Uh, did we pass the whole ant line, by the way? Ant line? I'm not sure which one you mean. What John C. Riley was talking about with um, Dr. Dre and his co-worker. Oh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what that line is. Yeah, we did. That was, yeah, that was, uh, that was one where, like, you know, if you think those are ants, or if you think those are birds, those are just ants. And we get our first and only F-bomb in the movie, and um, that was a com- that was completely ad lib by john c Riley. oh really oh here's the push and pull shot that you said you didn't like yeah why yeah it's not the best it's not the best push and pull it's fine it's not over the top it's not over the top but why that like you could have had that anywhere but why there yeah and it kind of looked like they were in like a cgi background too which made it look kind of weird i don't think they were i think it was just the camera but fair enough kind of looked like it was cgi it's probably fine. I just, I, I don't know why, like uh, of all the shots, why that one, there could have been something else. Yeah. And it, it wasn't perfectly executed either. That's true. When he does, when he originally designed his skull, uh, head monsters, um, Jordan, he didn't want it to have actual eyeballs, but, uh, cause they wanted to just be like open sockets. Like they were actually, bl- they were actually in his mind, they were blind creatures. Um, that's cool. But they added the eyeballs for what's going to happen later. Um, Damn. To make what happens later make more sense. Yeah, they have those huge like they have those huge like smell sections. So I guess maybe they would have just been yeah guided by smell. Right. Exactly. I saw this. There's this great fake alien documentary uh, from the early 2000s. Uh, I think it's called Alien Planet. Super good at the time when it came out, uh, and it. it 
they go to this alien planet. It's it's made like a documentary, like a nature documentary. They go to this alien planet, and all the life on that planet evolved without eyeballs. They had these oh these sockets that were like olfactory, like you were just saying. But anyway, look that up. It was based on a book. <laughs> yeah, I think it's called Alien Planet. Oh, the whole grenade sequence was that like set up properly, like for that character, like you know, wanting to do a sacrifice moment. Yes, but it's it's meant to be a joke though. It's meant to be a joke. It's one of the yeah. times when he he takes a trope and then flips it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. It was oh, I like that they were doing the whole uh, him trying to open up the jaw. Thing. Yeah, King Thousand Two Thousand King Kong King Kong Two Thousand Nice elbow. What a work, but yeah, in thirty thirty three, and I think even the seventy six one. I think they get that in there too with the snake. I think he tears the jaw open too. Oh. Apparently, Tom Hiddleston was supposed to fight a giant snake in this movie. Oh, and uh, okay, there's the there's that flare. Okay, okay, not yet. We'll see the second flare after that. Oh my gosh, the flare went off with the thunder over here in real time. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Cool. Is the storm approaching? Is is Virgil approaching you there? It is. I mean, it's upon me. I think. Uh, I think there's more to come. And now Kong has a sword. Oh, not anymore. Boom! And he just swing for the fences. That guy's out. Yeah, is that Babe Ruth? I mean, I think we had a Babe Ruth uh, mentioned earlier on the the baseball, so. Probably. Yeah, that's his little callback. Oh, I love this chain. Yeah, he was trying to show in this, and you see it. uh, Well, he's trying to establish Kong's ingenuity, how he, to separate him from Godzilla, how he uses his brain Mm. and uses tools and ideas. This chain reference, or just the fact that he's wrapped in some change, was supposed to be an oblique homage to um, prior Kong movies. Yeah, I can see that too. I was, I was thinking that as well, but I got a question though. Wouldn't those chains be rusty after all? Like looking at, I'm looking at all the, like, the shipyard there. They should be rusty as all heck. I thought they look kind of rusty. That's just artistic license right there. They do, but I feel like the whole thing would be rusty itself. That probably is part of the reason he's able to break out of them. Mm. Yes, that's, that's true. I just still think that they should be fully rustic and not just like partially <laughs> still uh non-weathered but again that's just me well i mean the ship is pretty the ship is pretty fucked up hey i can see some rust on there there's rust on there you're right i'm just saying like i think the whole chain set should be uh, all rustic and eric you're you're absolutely right in that like this is his ingenuity and how he fights godzilla and in, in the in the movie you're absolutely right well it turns into gogo from kill bill <laughs> oh yeah based off of uh what's her name it's from... totally nuts but but i'm i'm down with it kite Based off what Isaac? If you're, is that is that a woman you're talking about from yeah. Bill? I still haven't seen that. Yeah, that's uh, that's from. It's probably a reference to a character from what's her name uh, from Kite. Yeah, I know. Um, Sam Jackson is also in there. Oh, I, I thought it was oh. to uh, the flying guillotine, the old uh, Shaw Brothers. Far movie. Cry three reference right there. I think. Yeah, I think so. I'd hope. Well, not not Far Cry, but I mean the guillotine thing. Oh. Well, I mean the flare bit. That's a reference because you can fire the flare in that, and it's actually it's actually a one kill weapon or instant kill weapon in in that game. Well, that's weird. Does they fire into like some monster's eye or something? Or maybe I'm thinking of Far Cry Blood Dragon. No, in like Far Cry Three itself. Oh. So this is insane, but I'm I'm down with it. Oh, and then also initially yes, and also initially Jordan didn't want to end the movie with a um, big monster fight because he felt like that was too tropey. Like he just wanted to be, but eventually he was like, nah, screw it. Uh, let's do it. Play with your toys. 
that's what these kind of movies are about. Yeah. yeah. I love the fact that it uses a propeller. That's amazing. That just using a ship's propeller to as, as like a weapon. That's that's amazing. Yeah, and I like the moving camera as it kind of went around that. Uh-oh. It's again a little video gamey, but it looked cool. Oh, my lady friend. That's not good. I thought he was going to catch her at first, but okay. Why isn't she flying? I thought Captain Marvel could fly. Oh, jeez. Not in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully they do something to make that character more interesting, but yeah. Probably the well, it's gonna be she's gonna be with the other Marvels. It's like what's it called? Yeah. The Marvels? I don't remember what's called. Yeah, I guess they are doing that. But I just realized, Caleb, as well, that um, Oof. what Larson's wearing in this movie, I I am that is that was awesome. Uh, yeah, reminds the... me so much of um, uh, Lara Croft's outfit that um, Alisa, what's her name? Oh, Alicia Vikander. Yeah, thank you. Yes, Vikander was wearing in that uh, in that 2018 movie. Now for the next crazy part. Thank you. That is going to spiral me off. Oh, sure. You go ahead first. Oh, no. It's going to play out on screen once he has her in his hand. It's the oh, look how great fight. that hand looks. That hand looked amazing. But Larson's about to go into the beast. Yeah, I remember that too. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. He went. She went right down there. Maybe that's how she got superpowers. Well, it's kind of like Venom right there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could I, see the inside shot of her in there. Like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, and even he has like a, oh, no, she's in there. Whoops. <laughs> so how does he yeah. grab that? He he grabs it, I guess, with his wrist. Like, it was already attached to his wrist. Yeah, his it's wrapped around there, yeah. He just kind of pulled away. and it's like He's already got her in his in his clutch, in his palms. So. I like his mouth and his expression. Like, ooh, ooh, that was bad. Are you okay? Ooh. Okay, she should be like full of guts or something like that. I got guts everywhere. Look at that hand. That's amazing. I'm surprised it's on animatronic. Yeah, even in HD, this is still a good looking hand. Yeah. Can I just oh, but say since another... you mentioned... Uh... Oh, go ahead again. <laughs> uh, one thing, I see the Shadow Colossus shot right there. You're kind of talking about or what you're mm-hmm. thinking of. I wish that Kong's um body and fur was a little more almost grass like that there was some more floral features to it that'd be kind of cool that could be cool it looks so hot it looks oh it makes me uncomfortable like seeing all his fur and just thinking about the tropical climate and everything oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, he's built for it he all can't. right caleb go what were you saying were you what were you gonna say yeah i've, I've been sitting on this since we originally were going to do this commentary um, but at the start of this year, the MonsterVerse announced that they're going to be doing a, a Netflix series based on Skull Island. Ooh, I didn't know that. Like a shipwreck crew gets trapped there and has to make their escape. And it's going to be animated by Isaac's favorite, Powerhouse Animation. Oh, nice. What do they make? Castlevania, Cies Manos. Um, oh, okay. Them. Gods and uh, Blood of Zeus and He-Man, Masters, or He-Man Revelation, excuse me. Yeah, but since you, the, the reason it reminded me is because at the exact same time they announced that, the same article they announced that a Laura Croft animated series is coming out. Are you serious? Also by Legendary and Netflix. Are we getting that Witchblade crossover? Hopefully, please, fingers crossed. Yeah, sadly it's not Powerhouse doing that, it's some other company called Tractor Pants Animation. Never, Never heard, of heard of that. But So that's that's two new animated series to look forward to, so there we go. I mean, my other favorite studio is Polygon Pictures as well, even though everybody hates them for what they did to Berserk and uh, the Godzilla Earth trilogy. I'm I'm saying, look at Pacific Rim The Black. That is the perfect amount of like CGI uh, 2D crossover that you can get. Seriously. 
Oh, but I like this this quiet little moment here at the end with the song and I agree. The picture of John C. Riley there, I thought was a really nice moment. I love the fog. I also like the fact that both uh, Hiddleston, maybe it's subtle, but like Hiddleston and Larson don't get together. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, that is nice. Or if they do have a romance, it's it's brief. It's like subtle, and you know, it's not like oh, you're the you're you're going to spend the rest of our lives together, and they kiss. Yeah, it's never like fully addressed, so you can just fill in if you want to see it, but it's not super there. Oh, and I love this too. He just comes over like, ah, these fuckers. Thank God they're leaving. <laughs> get out of my swamp and or my get off my plane or get off my She's island. He's going to Ah, these helicopters back again. I'll fuck them up again just like the first time. Can I just say as well, I don't know. I, I forgot. I don't know if in, I got to see Godzilla again or Godzilla versus Kong again. But I don't know if his arm was all mangled up as well. It probably obviously healed. But for some point on um, uh, into the eye again. That's the end, end shot. Yeah, that was incredibly Lord of the Rings that time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is this is great. I'll I'll fully admit this is this, this is, is great. This is like fantastic. And again, I could see the studio just saying cut this bit, but it it makes the movie a lot better this moment. But sorry for interrupting. That's that's <laughs> fine. No, it's it's totally fair. Um, but with Kong's arm, I thought it had grown, like regenerated over the film. It did not. It looked like in some shots it had, but it did not. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to see, because he's got so many scars at the end of this one, if they kind of keep to that in the, the new movie. There's some there's some side words for you. You know, I even liked on the boat where he was like, you know, they were like, oh, you're, they probably didn't wait for it. And he's like, I don't even care. I just want to see them one more time. That's I liked that, too. That was a good, that was a good scene. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she would be. Wouldn't she have more gray hair? Maybe she does. I don't know. She dyed it. She dyed it. Yeah, we don't know the we don't know the age gap. Okay. Maybe he was a little older. Yeah, probably. No, but still, she'd be about fifty. But I'm sure she, her hair is dyed. Yeah, silent scene. Just yeah, again, very very well done. I'm very curious to see what this director is going to go on to do. Well, Gundam and. <laughs> Gundam and uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe, uh, those are. I'm hoping moving away from some of the more because maybe those will be good, but I don't know. But video game movies, I have like no faith at all at this point. Also, for well, I actually have faith in Jordan that he might be able to do it. But with um, I have wanted a Western live action Gundam movie forever. With the um, with the with the um, what's his name? Uh, with the the announcer for the baseball game there, I thought it was John Goodman who was. Uh, voicing over that i could be wrong on that but it seemed like it he mentioned the commentary how he doesn't know why so many movies just end with just the credits over black he was like yeah just put something yeah so here's something yeah it helps definitely helps has anybody ever seen a ghibli movie like that's the perfect way of doing it man (laughs) holy smokes well yeah but no one not a lot of people can be ghibli unfortunately but yeah, James Gunn always kind of dresses up his end credits too, which I always appreciate. Yeah, at five post-credit scenes in Volume Two, <laughs> or was it three? I don't remember now. Um, it's the same year, by the way. Um, oh yeah, that's interesting. There was uh, Toy Story had those bloopers, which you don't like, or at least up until. Um, yeah, I hate the fake bloopers. I can't stand the fake bloopers. Yeah, up until Monsters Inc. I think. Ugh. It's just yeah it's did it, y'all see luca it just feels painful to me pixar luca that came out recently i sure did i haven't seen luca yet i i, I started watching it having no idea what it was going to be about and i thought oh my gosh it's ponyo but eh, it is a little bit but not really 
It's its own thing. No, not as good. It's in Ponyo is one of the weaker uh, Miyazaki films. Um, but Luca, I thought was just kind of a flat. Based line. off of Little Mermaid, I think they're both good. I think both Luca and uh, Ponyo are good. I don't know which one's better. I have to think about it. Well, um, my gut says Ponyo now, but but that's unfair. I thought it was too bad. <laughs> I thought it was too bad that Disney didn't even tell Pixar that they were just going to release that straight to their streaming service. And they're all kind of blindsided by that. Um, I felt like uh, Soul, which is probably a better movie <clears throat> by Pixar. Like nobody really knows anything about that movie. You know, it just came out on Disney Plus during the pandemic. Yep. But I feel like that movie would, would have been way more popular had it had a standard theatrical release. Actually, probably both of them. Agreed. Yeah. From, from what I could tell, they were disappointed by that, but they understood. But they were completely blindsided by Luca. Like no one told them at all. They were fully expecting it to go to the theaters. I, I didn't know that, and that is very unfortunate. Um, I think that movie, even though I think yeah. Soul's better, uh, I think Luca would be more popular as well if it was just a standard. I think it's in theaters right now, unless I'm wrong on that. Well, I'm glad if it has the option. I was pissed that Mulan didn't have the option to see it in the theater. It was the start of the pandemic. Well, no, well, other studios were already doing like dual releases, um at the time when Mulan came out and so that's so I was like just make a dual release why does it have to only be disney plus uh, isaac did you see soul i still haven't yet i still haven't even seen onward that one was all right too oh i thought oh i didn't realize i thought you came to the theater to see and that's this, but... three pixar movies that were pandemic fied that's crazy yeah i got some stuff to watch and i assume neither of you have seen raya the last dragon i did i have oh you didn't like it caleb never mind it's just me. I unfortunately the humor ruined that movie for me too. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, you need a you need a the actress who plays the dragon, I find just unbelievably obnoxious. Oh my gosh. She literally has Elsa's face. <laughs> oh my gosh. First of all, so I was watching that movie not knowing who the cast was, the voice cast, and I thought for sure it was Miley Cyrus uh voicing Raya. I was completely uh. convinced. And even though I thought, hmm, they wouldn't cast a white person in this to do the voice, like in this day and age for all these like Asian seeming characters. And then I was wholly convinced it was Miley Cyrus and it's not Miley Cyrus, but you don't like Aquafina? Aquafina's amazing. No, the, the minute I heard her voice, I was like, oh God, no, tell me that's not who I think it is. And then as the movie came, went on, I was like, oh no, that's absolutely that chick that I just can't stand. <laughs> but I don't like comedians. I don't watch stand-up. She's amazing. Aquafina Ugh. is amazing. Did you watch the movie Farewell? The Farewell? No, I didn't watch that. Okay, well, it's not a comedy, and she is incredible in that dramatic role. So oh, that, that's, I don't know if she was Oscar-nominated, but she should have been. Oh, I wouldn't mind seeing her in that. I, her particular brand of, of comedy... Like, did you... I'm sure you saw Crazy Rich Asians, right? I have not, but now I want to because of In the Heights and something else. Gavin Evans... <laughs> And also, I didn't know she was in that movie yeah, her, until recently. Her entire family is just that same mode of comedy. It's yeah, it, it damages that movie for me too. But I do want to see it though now. Um, no, Raya was good. Made me cry. Made me cry. Ah, oh, really? No. What? What did you think? What did What did both of you think of Kelly Marie Tran? I thought she was fine. Who does she play? Uh, the lead. Oh, she was great. She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> nice. Okay. They were all pretty good. Mostly. Um, yeah. 
Uh, before we before we tell what we thought about this movie, Caleb, uh, do you have any last notes? Um, no, I think that was the last ones that I I tried to get everything in there. I think I deleted everything that Let's I see. Television is sand having moss, colorful. Yeah, this was colorful. Ends on other people focus. This movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, wait, did I? Okay, did I? I hope I mentioned this. That so our last, our last, um, uh, I guess kaiju film yeah monster mash series we watched was was monster mash thank you monster mash series was a little film called kong king of atlantis Uh, and i can't believe i didn't realize this and didn't make a joke of it before um but they mentioned hollow earth in that movie and in this movie they also mentioned hollow earth and i'm like dang and then the the later films also mention hollow earth i'm like i'm kicking myself for not real like making that joke yeah. in that film i'm making that joke in the sequel i don't remember a fucking thing about that movie certainly not ubisoft uh, did some of the special effects for this movie i saw it in the credits a little while did ago. they seriously i guess i missed that whoops nice go ubisoft by the way watching uh the credits for black widow they they use like a dozen different effects companies for that oh that's normal that's normal and, yeah and i was shocked that they credited it like Every single person, I was just like, do we really, like, oh, these people did, like, a few shots here. We need to credit all of them. Like, oh, Jesus, wept, you're wasting my time. There are more, there are more effects people nowadays that do, like, you know, special effects by computer than there are people who did special effects um, 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 set design in the day. Oh, most certainly. I'm pretty sure. I I, I have to. Most certainly, without a doubt. Yeah, and they credit everyone. <laughs> yes, they do. Unless uh, a lot of those guys were uncredited back in the day, I have no idea. Oh yeah. I'm sure. oh, oh, I'm sure many of them were. Because yeah, maybe because everybody nowadays everybody wants to be credited. Credits were ridiculously short back in the day. Thank goodness. So <laughs> maybe now it's literally like we have to. Everybody matters. Like everybody, everybody's here. Did you guys ever watch the expanded credits for like the expanded Lord of the Rings? They had like all the fans and everything. Never, never have. I never. It's have. it's it's like seriously twenty minutes long, like the closing credits, like on the extended uh, Blu-ray. I can believe that. I can very much believe that. Where was it filmed here? Like I know it was filmed in Quebec, but where was it filmed here? Like the beginning sequences? Maybe studio stuff. I guess so. What studio stuff? That's always what baffles me. It's like the beginning sequences. The beginning sequences you were just talking about, like we we went to the we went to that Hawaii bit. I know that for a fact. We went to the bit of Hawaii, and this is obviously yeah. I haven't seen this since the theaters, so I'm curious. This to... is meta slash fourth wall breaking because you know it, it's an MCU actor talking about post credit scenes and whatnot. Like, okay, I'll give you that. That's kind of funny. I don't I'm know if I've ever seen this. I did not remember that they came back for this, which reminds me. Everybody thought that Charles Dance's character in um, King of the Monsters was oh, yeah. uh, Loki's character here. I forgot about that, too. All the fan theories. Again, it's very interesting that in this whole series of this, this MonsterVerse, Legendary's MonsterVerse, excuse me, there's like almost no returning cast. Except for, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think Dr. Dre's character does come back in King of Monsters. Yeah, played by uh, Dyson. from. Yeah, played uh, by Miles Dyson. He too, Miles Dyson. There's some, there's some recurring characters. I, yeah, Sally Hawkins. She showed up for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins were in there and in, in the in the sequel. I know that, which is, and they got, I guess, they met there and I think dignified, sort of. Oh yeah, Mothra here. Oh, I forgot all about yeah. this stuff. Wow. Can I, I forget? Do does does Godzilla face 
Monster Zero in in the past. I forget if they mentioned that. I know because we, we clearly see it right here in this um, cave drawing. But yeah, I think they did. I think they did. Yeah. On there's my favorite part of the movie. Just the fact, just just a roar. That's oh, that sent chills up my spine. Oh, it was great. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> nice. Okay. No, but yeah, I guess final thoughts on the movie. I was hoping to do it during the credits, but well, you, well, I kind of stalled <laughs> because of that, because um, of that sequence or that post-credit sequence. That's fair. Um, okay, now we go. So, uh, Eric, your thoughts on this movie? Go. Love this movie. Um, not only is it perhaps my favorite of the monsters, uh, also perhaps my favorite King Kong movie, uh, King Kong centric movie, and. I don't know what all you have in your um, database list for all the commentaries you're going to do, but this is probably like in my top three. Plenty. This is probably my top three of whatever could be on that list. So this is one of my all-time favorite of this genre. Nice. Even Mighty Joe Young? <laughs> well, that's not on the list. That's not, seen not it. on the list. Not seen it. Not seen it. <laughs> it is now. No, I'm just kidding. Not seen it. It's definitely worth seeing. I'm surprised it's not on the list. <laughs> Well, it's not Godzilla related, so I I took it out. Even though uh, Miriam C. Cooper and uh, Ernest E. Shodasak directed it, so there's that vague connection. Maybe whenever we do King Kong, I'll break that out just as a kind of addendum. We'll see. Sure, you should add Rampage. You should add. Oh, that's in our video game retrospective. Oh, I didn't know that was a disqualification factor. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna do we're gonna do Rampage eventually, but not like in the in our Monster Mash series got to be connected to godzilla in some way it ripped off godzilla uh but yeah but that's not connected to the the franchise oh okay but yeah definitely one of the best i think of the monsterverse so far i think it's the one that feels like the most complete of a movie all the elements kind of work and yeah I'm, I'm definitely i think more of a kong fan than maybe you two so this one really hit my sweet spot at the time i really didn't like godzilla 2014 when it came out and so i was kind of hesitant to see this but i was like well it is kong so and I came away super happy. So, how about you, Isaac? As for me, uh, this movie is way better than. Uh, sorry, this movie is way better than Kong: King of Atlantis by by a long shot. Oh boy. <laughs> um, very very much uh, a pat. I I almost say like a. I, I like Jordan here. I think this was a a good movie of his. He certainly had a lot of personality. He put a lot of effort into this, and even mm-hmm. if this is a studio thing. This film is colorful. It's full of characters. I, I, it, lack of characters as well. Sometimes there's too many characters, which Jordan even mentioned. A um, mm. lot of lot of good designs. It feels not the CG, most CGI heavy. I'll I'll say that. Um, daytime shots galore. That's why I was saying daytime or colorful. Excuse me. And a lot of people put a lot of work into this, and I think it all pays off. But. I'm still not feeling it. I I don't know what it is, but wow. this film just does not appeal to me. This 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 doesn't grip me. I still prefer 2014 over this. Like I will absolutely absolutely say that this movie is probably better than all the other three films in this monsterverse. But it I'm not feeling it. Like it's not a bad film, but I personally just can't connect to it. And I don't know. Oh, that's fair. Um, I, I, I admit all to all of its um, achievements, um, but it just personally doesn't get me. So I will never go back to this film again. That's oh, wild. wild. I know. I know, right? 
but that's I I got to be honest here. Like I'm, I just I have to be honest. Well, fair enough. Uh, but would I would I would I ever want to see another Kong film? Absolutely, I want to see what they do again after this. Like I I hope that they can. I hope there's another Kong film in this MonsterVerse. Hashtag keep the MonsterVerse alive. If they could top somehow top this, I would lose my mind. Oh, totally. But this one's so great. So that's my uh, that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, but on to the the main attraction here, the the randomizer. I got it all synced up and haven't talked about it whatsoever now we can go to our my favorite part so are we going for number three in con like uh, the, the third time we're getting a kong film are we going back to godzilla oh uh, i guess we'll find out working super excellent working super Oh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh no. Okay, please tell me it's on the it's on the criteria. Please tell me it's on the criteria. Oh, it's probably not. King Kong 05. How did we get that next? <laughs> when are we gonna get back to Godzilla Great. here? What what AI, what what <laughs> algorithm are you running on that thing? Like it's seriously as bad as like the uh, as bad as your smartphone. Seriously. Like <laughs> That is so random. We get all Godzilla at the start and then just three King Kongs in a row. But <laughs> so far at least. Oh golly. Oh but Okay, yeah. well that's well, I'm okay. That's wonderful. <laughs> Eric, you wanna you wanna join us for that one as well? Of course I do. Of course I do. I have that in 4K as well. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. We love you being on here talking about it because good night our rune. Holy smokes. No, I'm all for this stuff. I just want to get back to some Godzilla here. I mean, I love King Kong, but come on. We already got one of my least favorite Godzillas out of the way. That was, I think that was the first one I was on. So, so I'm glad because that one, ooh, that was rough. No, that's that's totally fair. That's that's absolutely fair. I have no problem with that. Wait, 89 or Sun? Okay, never mind. Sun! Yeah, that one was rough. Sun, 98. I'd much rather watch 98 than Sun. You di- Sorry, you didn't specify. You didn't, you didn't specify, even though I knew it was Sun. Not uh, mega mega gyrish, eventually. Oh, but but yeah, thanks for joining us again, Eric and Isaac, and uh, any audience members potentially listening. And I guess we'll see you guys in the next one. Any last words, Isaac? Thanks for listening to this commentary, everybody, and uh, have a good night, night or, or day, morning, afternoon. Peace. You mean people who were in the audience when we were there watching this, or like just audience members listening to this in general? Yeah, I thought this was. Uh, I thought this was Mystery Science Theater. Fuck, I always fuck up that title. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater three thousand. MSC three K. We're just sitting in the audience and uh, everyone's behind us watching. Wait, so who? Which robot are you exactly? Are you the human? Uh, I don't like that. I don't remember the robots' names. I don't like I, that show. 
don't know. Wait, really? Why? I just, I find their jokes super canned and stupid. <laughs> super canned? You mean, and yet you're still my friend. How does that make sense? Clearly scripted, like, every joke. I feel like Isaac sounds like one of the robots. I'm not sure which one. I could believe that. I could totally <laughs> believe that. I don't know which one. You're absolutely right. But... Do you like that, Eric? Do I like it? I'm actually one of the people who, who missed out on Mystery Science. Now, I've seen one or two uh, after the fact, and they were okay. Um, but then didn't they evolve into Rift Tra- Does Rift Tracks have some relation to the MST3K people? Uh, I have no clue. Yeah, I think, I think it is those guys. Now they have a new... Because Rift Tracks is incredibly popular. They have such a following, and they do live shows and stuff. I've never been drawn to it, but I know they just have such a following. Yeah, I feel like maybe that shows a little bit more off the cuff. The, my biggest problem with MS3, I just can't say that word. Um, it's 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 so canned, so clearly scripted. It just has no spark of life to it at all. It's just like listening to comedians reading their lines. It's so boring to me. If I had had cable when that thing was in its heyday, I'm sure I would have watched it regularly. I just didn't have cable at the time. And I appreciate it for kind of showing people some more obscure films, but I just, yeah, I, I, I can't enjoy it myself. Yeah, there's one or two, the ones I watched, I can't think of them right now, but they they opened my eyes to some movies that I didn't know existed until then. Nice. 